Talk Brunch, served hot. Talk Brunch live. Rick Diver here, your host as always, aka Captain Brunch, being joined with co-host Destin Soglo Frazier. It's Hey Brady Day. Yeah, every season. <laughs> How wonderful it must be it's for like all of his fans. This yeah, I didn't even bother to look. It was one of those no point things, you know. You knew that one was coming. Yeah. Everything that I got was salt free since I know it was going to be raining for the night. Yeah, so a lot of crossover been happening since the last time I spoke to you about things, huh? Holy shit. Ever since that Tamatanga encounter where I said, I, I see a little bit of work here in the guy's promo. Uh, interesting stuff going on, I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah, so we're gonna I have get, no complaints, though. Yeah, absolutely not. We're gonna get into all of that tonight. That being said, thank you to everyone who is listening across all of the airwaves, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, uh, Tune in, uh, you know, all of the platforms, as well as over at our video feeds, twitch.tv slash talkbrunch, facebook.com slash talkbrunch. Thank you for participating across everywhere. Also, by the way, uh, one of the new bits of news, thank you for uh, everyone who helped us become part of the Facebook Level Up program. We are now officially there. I guess you can count us as a business now, huh? Kind of crazy. We're going to be getting the stars and everything into place this upcoming week. But uh, yeah, the Facebook legacy grows. And uh, the saga continues. Hell yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, now you guys can do the follows and all that stuff. I'm going to remember to turn the stuff on this time early. Because I know right. sometimes I don't turn on all the things in all the chat rooms right away. And I kind of screw it up. So The next thing you know, we're next deep in the weeklies. And then you just made the list. You just made the list. Yeah, it tries to catch up because I forget to turn the damn thing on until midway through the show. So you don't have to worry about that this time. <laughs> So Super Bowl, huh? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I'm hearing that uh Shaq was hanging out with the other team. Yeah. I guess you could do whatever you want when you're snooping Shaq. Right? Fuck it. Who well, who go tell them though? Yeah, no one apparently. Because we got this shot from the Super Bowl apparently. Oh wait. Chip, you know what? Thank you, Brandon. You just Woodson. made the list. Oh no. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Chip, you know what? You just made the list. I waited. See? Oh no! Oh, here we go. See, <laughs> see, I turned it on early today. That's the thing. We're only gonna get like maybe twelve, maybe thirteen. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh no! <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> you done yet, Facebook? Chip, you know what? You okay, just made I, the list. Oh no! Oh, here we go. live, laugh, love, Harris, Ermin, Jay, Cranberg, Brandon Woodson. Thank you for. The follows. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, the oh no. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Chip, you know what? Marvel. You just made the list. Oh, no. Thank you, oh, here we go. <laughs> you wouldn't even go try that middle name, would you? <laughs> yeah, some of them are just going to wing it. That's Chip, you know what? Ask. You just made the list. H- oh, no. Oh, Thank go. you for the follow. We're going to butcher the hell out of some of these names, guys. Just forgive us ahead of time. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, oh no. Oh, here we go. 
Thank you over on Facebook once again. I feel rude like if I just dis- dis- Except you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. For the follow. These have to yeah, be George, recent because I, this has to be recent because I cleaned this out purposely before Raw started. Because we were on cyber. You know what? Last night. You just made the list. Oh no. Oh, here we go. Thank you for the follow. God. Yeah. Thank you also to everyone who was part of last night. Chip, you know what? Uh, you just made the list. Oh no. Oh, here we go. Thank you, Coles Virgo Angel, Farhan Jot, Araula. Um Yeah, last night we did a ten hour cyberpunk stream straight. You know what? You just made the list. Oh no. Oh, here we go. Date, thank you. We did ten hours oh, last night straight, and we, by the end of it, there were there were like hundreds of you. So thank you for that. I, I don't know why, of all things, that's what caught our momentum. But yeah, awesome. Thank you very much to everyone who hung out last night. A very busy chat room. I was I was planning on doing a short cyberpunk stream and then jumping over to something else, and it went ten hours. That's sad. I know. I saw, I saw that time, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. I, I laugh when I see people who rolled the credits on that thing, like with 20 hours on there. Like we went 100 hours on our file on that. That's how much stuff is going on. And, uh, but yeah, thank you everyone who hung out with us last night. Cause uh, I think that's what made me stick around. Like time flies like when you're talking to everyone for a long time. So Right. It really does. At that point, I was like, look, I got to go. The main reason I had to go, like we, we didn't have anything to do today but the program for this show. But it was like, that takes a lot. So it's like, look, we got to go. It's morning. We got to leave this show. <laughs> to get ready for that show, them motherfuckers say, "All right, y'all go leave." But I'm saying we about to run them like the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think we? You think we all like just because you gone just for that stream off? Yeah, but that <laughs> that goes to the the other point that I was making a little while ago. We're doing the level up now. We're part of our Facebook level up as far as the gaming community goes. So we have officially put in our allegiance with them. That doesn't mean we're not going to be on other platforms, but right now we are. Our primary uh, focus is dealing with uh, them, and uh, I think it's cool. I think it's been really good over there, as you can see. It's very active when it comes to wrestling stuff and and the gaming stuff. So I like it. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, Ms. Shaq and Drew at the Super Bowl talk about breaking kayfabe, breaking all the rules, and even from the same company. This is like holy ground type shit, right? Yeah, right. So what do you think here? I mean, hey, just because you work in different companies don't mean you can't enjoy some football. Or in that case, I asked whooping one or the other one. It's becoming the same thing like Shaq, where now they just have to share their celebrities, right? Right. Like it's just <laughs> who go be, who go tell Shaq you can't hang out with them. You know what it is? It's the way that it's just a natural way of things, and everyone has to just grow up and be mature about it. You don't see like if Shaq showed up like on the NBA, you wouldn't see like the people in the NFL get pissed. Like, what's that guy doing over there? I thought he liked basketball. As a matter of fact, the proof is that he's here. He's a basketball guy in a football game, and it's perfectly fine. I don't know why with wrestling, they act like it's literally like crossing borders and shit, like without having like your papers in order. Like, are these, <laughs> You ever notice that with wrestling fans? Like, they'll sometimes act, and it's of their own accord, too. I guess that's how trained the corporation of the Big E has them. Sometimes they subconsciously act like if two people are in the same time at the same place and they touch her and her act like our whole world will implode. Like, we might not be able to fix what happens next, so we just don't do it. Right. It's like, all right, well, I think it'll be okay. I wish Snoop was in that picture just to really blow people's minds. Oh, my God, really fuck them up, right? <laughs> Snoop and Kenta. Completely just yes, <laughs> just fuck everybody up. 
Oh my! Can we God. do this? No, we can't. Fuck it. Throw Thunder Rosa in there too. Just go yeah, all right. fucking. Are we allowed to do this? Nope. The world's ending tomorrow. Right, fuck it. They touch tip. We're all dead. Just live. <laughs> just live for today. That's it, right? <laughs> it's just. It's just like the thing. No snap. That's it. Dust. <laughs> I am inevitable. Boop. <laughs> oh man. So I've been avoiding this story every program for a while now, not for any personal reason, but just because of the fact that uh, I didn't know what to think of it. This Parker, how do I say his name? Parker Boldre? Oh, yeah. You mean, oh, yeah. I know the kid you're talking about. I see him and I'm just like, oh, whatever. You know, I just didn't want to become a mark about it. So I'm going to just put him up on the screen for anyone who hasn't been following the story. Don't you spoil it for people who don't have videos. This is Parker Boldre guy. It's funny the image I use from ringside because it has a it also has Matt Riddle in it. So when I first started hearing about this guy, there was a fascination about him. And that's probably not the best picture because if you saw his actual body, you would don't know where this is going. But the fascination was his physical appearance. There were a lot of similarities with him at first. But I think what was he he's in football or something? Yeah, he played football. Right. So I was like, all right, some similarities to some dude in football. Sure. Well, now it kept coming up in the news. And now finally we lead to today. I believe now WWE picked him up. Yeah, I believe he has been signed. So the thing about him originally, for anyone who's only watching the podcast version, is that the guy looks like Brock Lesnar. The image we have up doesn't even really justify. He looks exactly like Brock Lesnar. You see his whole body and everything. But when I first started seeing this a few, like I think a month ago, I was like, whatever. It's a football guy. If it becomes a thing, we'll talk about it. We don't have time for in this long show. It's a thing because apparently they brought him in. And Matt <laughs> Matt Riddle, of course, takes interest. And uh, <laughs> he tweeted and he put, he looks just like Brock Lesnar, but younger and doesn't hate me enough to refuse a match with me. Awesome. Hashtag stallion. Hashtag bro. Hashtag the next big thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just like how he was immediately on ball. Fuck it. I'll just take another Brock Lesnar. I was reluctant to even report it just because of how awkward it was when I saw where I was like, what, if, what is our story going to be? I mean, that's going to go, hey, look at this dude. It looks like Brock Lesnar. You know, but it's like now that they did it, they acknowledged it. The elephant in the room to the point where they recruited the guy. One day, right. someone was going to mention this, right? I just didn't want to be the first. I was going to see how this shit played out back when I just saw the guy <laughs> as a regular guy in football. Ones a minute. Yeah, exactly. This is one of the best 10 years of doing this. I looked at it and I was like, you know, we just got to, I'm just going to let this story marinate a little bit because right now, all the story is, is there's some dude walking around that plays football. I was like, let's see what happens. And here we are. Apparently, we're going to see more of this. You got to be careful because it could backfire. Who was that guy we had that became Bautista, the first Bautista? Oh my God, I remember the guy. Remember there was a guy and he was like a Bautista clone? Hey, Wasn't he like Jill in Nexus Michelle or something? Over on Facebook. Hello. Hey, what's up, Jill? What was that guy's name who was like, he looked like a, a Batista clone. He was a Nexus guy, I think. Oh, shit. Uh, you say he looked like a Batista clone. It wasn't Michael Tarver. Wasn't no, it, fuck uh, no, it wasn't Michael Tarver. Mason Ryan. Mason Ryan, there you go. Yeah. Remember that fucking guy? Because he had like a half a singles run after the Nexus broke up. But it backfired because everybody just hated him. Remember, it was just like, look, there's that bootleg Batista coming out again. And he's not even a good Batista. He's like Nexus Batista and everyone hated him. And it was just, that's it. You just like, you got to be careful with this guy. That's why I was careful when I saw him. Cause it was like, let me see what happens first. And of course, what else could happen? But they picked him up straight out of football. Wouldn't it be some shit if it was like the second comedy except instead of Bootiz, it was fucking Brock. It seemed like such a natural way of things in, in life that it was almost like running water, you know? Where it's just kind of like, what else would happen? A guy that looks like that is playing football. WWE notices him. 
You know, we've been on this route before. And now he can fight Matt Riddle. You know, he doesn't have a bad attitude yet. Right. Know, it's going to be a few years from that one. So. <laughs> I just love how it's like Riddle keeps taking shots. That's so fucking funny. He really does. He wants to fight anyone who's, who doesn't stick around. I know. He doesn't like, give a shit. Like if you're a part timer and you're an older dude, he's going to shit on you. You know? And I kind of like it. Like I just kind of like, like until you show up and whoop his ass, he's going to keep talking. He's going to keep talking. Good, because that's not, that's not how it's supposed to be. You know? These these runs that these guys are doing, they're giving like last runs a bad name. We talked about it on here before, but remember Ric Flair had his last run and it was like a real last run. He was always on Raw every week having a match. And it was like and having Ric Flair. Yeah, what, what about Mr. Perfect? When he had his last run, he was always on SmackDown all the time. It was like having Mr. Perfect back in the mix out of nowhere, you know? It was interesting. Yeah. When people have last runs, it's supposed to be cool. It's not supposed to be that they just every now and then just pop out i'm glad that edge was clear about that too where he said like you know if he was here for this he's he's here for the, like the whole thing it's not yeah, gonna edge be said he will be on tv every week until mania you know like he's part of the roster it's not gonna be like a guy who just is, is there and we just see him like pop in every now that like that's why i'm, I'm i think we're really lucky man we, to have edge right now as someone who's not a yeah. part-timer like out of all the things that could have happened i don't really think anyone's acknowledging how lucky we are that we have edge instead of all of the other options. I can't. I couldn't think of a better person to have right now than someone who can carry the entire weight of the company. Not that I would want them to, but that I've seen them do it easily. You know? <laughs> right. And the like, guy now at 47 is healthy enough to probably do it again. You know, I know people say Daniel Bryan and they say AJ Styles and everything. Sure, that's the current roster, guys. But what I'm saying is that through proven fact, I've seen this guy carry the entire weight of a brand, both Raw and SmackDown. Whenever he was on a show, he was the top person on that show. And dominantly, not like just getting by. You know what I mean? Like dominantly, the featured guy. He really was. So it's like there's a guy who can carry. He can carry a brand easily. So I think that that's really what they need right now. They don't need like uh, someone who's a part timer. And they really don't also need someone who's like over with charisma but can't go. Where Edge can go and he knows how to just like he's a good promo guy. He's like an all around guy. Honestly, if someone would have asked me, and I said it, I said it when he had to retire, I was like, holy shit, it sucks that this guy had to retire because he was carrying the whole SmackDown brand. I said that the day he retired, you know, and it's like, it's just funny when you have a guy who has that much charisma that he can totally do that. I have Jeff, you know what, Jeff maybe, but Jeff, to be honest, he's not as strong of a promo. Like when Edge needs to make a strong promo, he can just literally conjure it out of thin air. Like if you need to really believe that this guy is going to go all the way, no offense to Jeff, but, but Edge is going to make me believe more. Yeah, Jeff has had his moments, but mm. I like Jeff. Jeff's great. great. Jeff's money. I just can't right now in my head think of a really powerful Jeff Hardy promo. You really can't. Creatures! <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's cool and everything, but like Edge, man, that, that that is a believable star. And I'm just glad that we have stuff like that going on. And, that, and that's the reason why you have people like Matt Riddle trolling these part-timers, because he should sound Goldberg just as much, if not more. Right. Goldberg is a bitch at this point. Oh, these young guys have no respect. No, you have no respect because you should let these young guys have the business. You keep coming back, motherfucker. Gone are the days of me believing because it used to be that when somebody comes back to the locker room, the, the, the younger up-and-coming talent thanks them because their presence in the locker room is a draw. It is the reason why we are all on this Survivor Series or WrestleMania or Royal Rumble pay-per-view together. And the ticket is that much. The house is that much more because you were here. And I remember even saying on the show that out of respect, I remember when The Rock came back and people tried that. And I said, you know what? There are people who went to that man's locker room and they thanked him and they said because they know that the draw and the ticket, the money that everyone gets is an increase because you have that guy there. 
I don't believe that in all these cases anymore. When I said that, which at the time I said it in a general way because I, it hadn't been something that had been abused yet, I said that in most cases when a guy comes back from the old school, you're supposed to do that. And in the case when The Rock did it and I said it, I feel I was right. I don't feel that way with Goldberg, though, or even with Brock. I don't really see the tangible proof anymore that, like, if this person wasn't here, this pay-per-view would be better or worse or do better or worse. I don't really see cases of people getting, I wouldn't have watched this if it wasn't for Brock or if it wasn't for Goldberg. At this point, the product is the product and you're watching it because you're watching the shit. There's nobody just tuning in specifically because either of those guys is around. On the other hand, you know what? If The Rock did come back tomorrow, he would literally be a draw. If he showed up on Raw, the ratings would shoot through the sky. All he'd have to do is pop up once. If he popped up on NXT, that's why I say they play fair, because if he popped up on NXT, he would completely batter AEW's ratings. You know, it would hit like heights that they would never be able to achieve for the rest of the year, even if just for that brief segment. You know, like that's the level of star power he still has. But it's also because of the fact that uh, it's someone who, when you really look at it, he tried. He was entertaining the whole time when he showed up, even if he wasn't there every week. As much as people shitted on The Rock for not being there every week, he did a hell of a lot better than anybody else since has done. And like he was, also, when you think about it, we don't, we hardly ever see him. We see Goldberg and Brock every year. It's just a matter of when you see him. If The Rock showed up on SmackDown, people would shit their pants. Why? Because we haven't seen The Rock inside in God knows how long. But when you look at it like this, The Rock was the host of WrestleMania. First, he appeared on a Raw a couple of weeks earlier to announce that he was the host of WrestleMania. Then he was the host of WrestleMania. He did promo work and stuff between there. He showed up a few times. He was at the end. He restarted the John Cena Miz match. He hit the, the thing with the Rock Bomb. That's when he started that, that one-year feud. Throughout that one-year feud, he showed up multiple times, sometimes via satellite, sometimes in person. They had the team up at Survivor Series, which I was there in person, where it was the Rock and uh, freaking... John Cena versus The Miz and R-Truth, Awesome Truth. He had a program with that led into that and then even went beyond into the next year. And the entire time, all people did was shit on the fact that the guy was there part-time, not even realizing. When you look at the program that he gave you, the, because they were able to literally make a documentary just out of the back-and-forth content between those guys. If you look at that and you compare it to what Goldberg or Lesnar gave, there's no documentary there. There's just the first time and the last time they showed up. There's nothing in the middle. There was no promo. There's nothing entertaining. You can't even retain the shit that's there because it's basically recycled content. Like, look at that. It's so much worse. And people gave heat to The Rock. And that's the reason I don't give Sting shit either. Because people keep saying, oh, what's the difference between Goldberg and Sting? Well, if you don't know, you probably aren't even in a position to be asking me that question. If I hear that shit one more time. You, you are not, you are underqualified. And I hate to sound that way, but you're underqualified to talk and ask me a question or have a discussion. And I don't mean in a cocky way, but I mean in just like a, an aware and a conscious way. If you don't just know what the difference is between Goldberg and Sting, then we probably shouldn't be having this conversation. You know, maybe breathing my air at that point. Like you're vibrating at too different of a level for me to be able to get to explain. Like I wouldn't know where to begin. It's like if right now Dustin was like, you know, can you explain what water tastes like? It's like, no, not really. Like, if you've never drank water, you can't tell the difference between hot water and cold water. And you're asking me the difference. It's, it's like I can't really explain it. And it's strange to me that you don't just fucking know it. That's how I'm looking at the difference between Goldberg and Sting when people bring that shit up. You know, it just looks basically like completely different. And you should automatically know why. So what we need to do is we need to get a young Goldberg that looks like this guy but a Goldberg version 
from that same school, hopefully. Are there Teen Goldbergs there? Just reboot the whole team. Fuck it. Right? Just look the likes for everybody. Or we, or we could just get Gilbert. I'm far more entertained by him than Gilbert. I saw that picture of Matt Riddle posing with Gilbert. Talking about he was that a legend. That shit was funny. Up here. <laughs> you know, he marks off for Big Gilbert. Gilbert. So what do you think of this Big Parker Boldre guy? I mean, yeah, like you said, dude is a specimen and a half. And he's like, not part-time. Holy crap, that kid is huge. He's, he's not snotty. Right? Like, yeah, if um, God help us if they turn that kid loose. <laughs> Like, I just can't believe that between the time that I first saw him and now he's in developmental, he had yeah. nothing to do with wrestling when I first saw him. You know, that's how fast it is. This is that's the fastest turnout I've seen since like Shield. You ever seen when Shield's looking for somebody? And I'm not talking about like the Shield. I'm talking about like Nick Fury Shield. Like that's some Shield shit. You know, like what happened was this guy like on a football field and and, and a fucking and a fucking holocraft, a, a, a fucking hovercraft appeared out of the sky and, and, to, and recruited him. Like that is some fast recruitment, boy. They caught that motherfucker at a coffee shop or something. They caught this dude after the credits. Unbelievable. Yeah, that man, but, so what you telling me? That dude will come into development and get an after the credits push. No pressure. Just because you, you look like Brock look Lesnar. like Brock. You only look like Brock and Riddle wants to fight you and you can't have the same origin and shit. No pressure whatsoever. No one these fuckers they'll give us a Brock Lesnar kid storyline though. Yeah, hopefully. If he, he feuds with Rey Mysterio, I got a son too. Fuck he, should, he should come out with and then we can have a freaking Aaliyah feud with Brock's daughter. Oh. Oh. No? Oh. He he go he go eat that baby. What you She has Mysterio oh. blood in her. She fights she she that means she's designed to fight big people. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you don't sound very confident at all. Yo, it's just because like I like seen what Maya looks like, and I'm like, oh, because all I have is flashbacks of that time. Freaking Big Show swung with cereal on that stretch like a baseball bat. Like, you, <laughs> Dustin, sounded <laughs> as unconvinced as Piccolo during the Cell games. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, wait a minute, you want to send him out there? Are you sure? <laughs> Like, I'm trying to envision my head any way where that works out, okay? I don't see one. I would give them that little wrangle just to see how it works. Just be like, you know, oh, get angry, me. I know you have it in you. Push her out a out there. Nineteen-year-old girl. It's like a 25-minute ass whipping at the end. Like, she powers up. Like, she kind of hulks oh, out. Oh, There's anyone God. who could pull that off, right? All right. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if it's related or not, but Matt Riddle signed signed his new multi year contract. Maybe it was though, right? Maybe he looked at it and thought this is his only chance. Like it's home, look, dude, no other place has like the the Brock Lesnar two This is where you want it. You know, we got you even better. We got you him at his prime. Right. You know, so that's it, bro. Riddle with a new contract. According to Fightful <laughs> Select, it was a twenty eighteen contract, but this is a totally new one that goes until twenty twenty three. So it's not an extension. It's a brand new contract, bro. And it probably has in it to fight that guy. Oh, my God. It'd be great, wouldn't it? You know, he's already gonna ready to bring him up. He'll go back down to NXT for him. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, good for Riddle. So, we got to talk a little bit about New Japan here. Just a little. Just a little. Before we get into uh, the stuff that played out on uh, freaking AEW. But yeah, one of the things that happened was Jay White. Did you hear his post interview where he sort of sends a message over here to this side of the? I haven't heard the full thing, but I did hear he was a uh, kind of shooting some shots. Let me see if I could get this up here. 
I know they get anal about their stuff. They be all right. Yeah, so Considering I survived y'all's whole G1, I think y'all cut us a little bit of slack. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh. In case you forgot, in case there's any question to it, it's still my era! And New Japan, across the world of pro wrestling, it is still my era. It is the real era! It's the real era. I'm still Bullet Club. I'm real Bullet Club! This is real Bullet Club right here! Real Bullet Club. We're not a cheap ripoff. Trying to recreate the past to try and regain some relevance and doing corny reunions just so you can sell shitty t-shirts to you all. But of course, you all still buy them because you are... You are you. This is a real Bullet Club. Let me tell you what real Bullet Club's about. It's about change. It's about moving forward. It's about progression. It's not about living in the past. It's not about going backwards. So, what's next for me? What am I progressing towards? What you just saw. You just saw up there. Ishii. That's what I'm moving towards. You see, after Wrestle Kingdom, I made the biggest mistake of all. Biggest mistake of my life. When I questioned myself. And for a moment, for about 10 minutes, I doubted myself. Despite all the rumors, all the rumors going around. Where's Jay? What's happening, Jay? I kind of agree. I don't really, I'm not a big Jay. When we've talked about that on here. He's yeah. one of the reasons, I hate to say, but he's one of the reasons people don't consider it the real Bullet Club. Yeah, it's one of the things where I've always kind of argued the points for the Bullet Club that we have over here. Like, you have some of those weak spots, and unfortunately, that's one of them. Yeah, it kind of is. I'm going to share this whole thing with you guys. Yeah, and but I mean, uh, also in a tad bit of minor news um, when it comes to New Japan, a little congratulations to Mr. Hiroshi Tanahashi, because did you hear what he pulled off? No. He uh, defeated... Shingo for the Never Open Weight Championship, but what makes that such a big deal is with that victory, Tanahashi has now won every championship a heavyweight can can have in New Japan. Yep, he's always been there, John Cena. Yeah, so congrats to the ace. Yeah, probably the most celebrated champion. There was a point where it, it felt is. like Okada would never get out from underneath him, especially at the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> like the Tokyo Dome was Tanahashi's house. I remember watching Wrestle Kingdom Seven when freaking Okada was the underdog. That's right. And it's like it's kind of crazy. Like Tanahashi, he's even though they always say in G one, like oh his age might be catching up to him. If that proved anything, like no, nah, age ain't caught up to Tanahashi yet. They need to stop acting like age caught up to him because Tanahashi is still young enough and strong enough to be able to go for years, in my opinion. Like, he's so he's healthy enough to where he has many years left in him. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. Should I go into the other New Japan stuff? I guess I should. Some more go into it, right? Yeah, I gotta keep that momentum rolling. You know, I want to talk about the Moxley stuff later, actually, just because uh, it does go into the AEW stuff. Yeah, yeah, true. I could, I could segue into it a little bit cleaner. Okay, Paige Van Zandt, she had her match, right? What, what, where does she go to fight now? Um, it's a bare knuckle fighting league. Yeah, and wasn't she saying that she's making like nine times the money that she made in uh in UFC? Yeah, that girl making bank over there. 
Yeah, so what happened? She uh I do she actually wound up losing this particular fight. But um she has mentioned back and forth that she is interested to actually come to the WWE, it looks like. Yeah, that's what I'm queuing up here. This is from Chris Van Vliet. He spoke to her. I'm gonna link you guys to the whole thing. I do a lot of interviews with wrestlers and WWE superstars, and I feel like your name just keeps coming up as someone who people think would be great in WWE. You have any interest in doing that? I do. You know, I get asked about WWE a lot, and I I do feel like I think it's something I would be very good at because I kind of have like the best of both worlds. I was a dancer. I was used to like the entertainment, like the showmanship side of it, all about showmanship, and then you know the combat sports world, obviously goes into the WWE, but you know, I don't know that it's something that I could do both at the same time. Maybe uh, yeah, I, definitely not. Maybe. I, yeah. You know, I feel like I would want to do that 100%. So maybe it's something that after I'm done fighting, you know, in a cage and in a ring, that kind of stuff, maybe, maybe I'll go over to there, but you know, we'll see the door is definitely open. There's been a lot of people who have been very successful to go from UFC or combat sports to WWE. I mean, Brock Lesnar's one of the one of the greats, Ronda Rousey as well. So like, there's definitely a path there if you want to follow that path. Yeah, there is definitely a path, and a communication is actually there sometimes. So we're able to communicate and and show our interest with each other. And um, you know, once there's a little bit more free time in my schedule, I I, I think that's something that I would like to really pursue. So this, if she keeps getting her ass kicked, they're not going to want to pursue her, right? You had to write, you had to rack up a few more wins before you start doing that shit. Yeah, really. Like, yeah. <laughs> is it just me or Paige Van Zandt went from being this promising UFC fighter to just someone who gets her ass kicked a lot? Yeah, her last, like, three times I've seen her fight hadn't ended out well. Who was the first person who kicked her ass? I remember somebody kicked her ass pretty bad that first time. Oh, my God, that might have been... I think that was Rose. Yeah, Thug Rose. That's when she came on, the two of them at the Wayne's, like, like Paige was doing, like, a little dance routine with her? Wait, no, 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 that was Michelle Waters. Oh, it was, right? Yeah. Remember that? She came on, she did like a little dance routine. She was all gimmicked up. She already thought that she was they like did a the freaking... fucking dance. Michelle did the fucking sprinkler. It was just, yeah, it was they weird. were just doing a little like, um, Paige was all into it. She was feeling that shit. She was Apollo. She was Apollo Creed. She was living in America. You know, she wasn't ready for that shit. You know, that's the problem. I noticed that. And I hate to say it because I don't want to sound all disciplined and Mr. Miyagi-ish, but I just noticed this fucking pattern with these people who have these really disciplined mindsets that are able to kick a lot of ass. And then one day they just come out and they're all living in America and they get their fucking faces beaten. And Paige so Van Zandt was one of them. She went from being like a warrior to being really like gimmicky and then people started kicking her ass. So what you're saying is Connor was living in America in that last fight. Yeah, it wasn't very proper. <laughs> you know what the bad part about it is? Minor breakaway from this fucking story. I'll never forget the day of that fight. I went to the I went to the liquor store with a few friends just to get some drinks for the fights. I see like Five, six, seven people all walking out with proper number 12. And I'll never forget. I looked over at my friends like, wouldn't it be a bitch if Connor just got wiped out within the first couple of rounds? To me, a few the hours way, later, the I was got... laughing my ass off as Connor's on the floor. To me, the way he got wiped out was uh, was worse. And that's what happens with Paige Van Zandt. Like a lot of these people, it's one thing when you get knocked out. It's somehow more redeemable when you're in a fight and you get hit with like a flash KO and it's like, oh, he caught him. Than it is in a situation where it's like, oh, no, he's beating me. He's beating me more. I'm being defeated. Nothing's working. I'm really losing now. Like, And that's what's yeah, really happening. with like, KO her so much worse. <laughs> you know, and that's what happened with, with McGregor. And that's what happened with Paige a few times. Where it's, not, it's not slow. 
It's like, yeah, you were totally, you lost there. You just completely lost. All the other party members were dead. You had no more heal. (laughs) People just standing around waiting for the enemy's turn. (laughs) Like, that's what simply happens. So I'm saying, you know what? She, she would be good for WWE, like, right now. Like, don't, don't have any more fights. Don't you think so? Like, don't you think now's a good time to just go, go straight in? Yeah, it would, um, strike while the iron's hot. I mean. I'm talking from a financial level. Like, if she gets her ass kicked again oh, in yeah. some bare knuckle place that we've never heard of, do you even know the name of the one she's in now? Um, God, I can't. I keep forgetting the name of the league. It's just funny because Chris Levin fights there too. But um, <laughs> Chris Levin, you see what I mean? Remember Chris Levin? You know, you know why I remember Chris Levin because his last name matches his actions. Who was it that he fought that, I, that he was just like, I'm done? Like it, he went back to his Uriah corner. Hall. Yeah, yeah, right. Remember he fought Uriah it, it, Hall. Uriah it, it, Hall hit him, and when he went back to his corner, he asked him if he was knocked out. When he was, remember, it was like, was I knocked out out there? They were like, yep. And then he was like, I'm done, man. And I remember, I was like, how ironic, his name is Levin. You know, the bad part about it is it's not even Levin, it's Levin. But we just added the V in. Yeah, Chris Levin. He's, where's he going? He's Levin. <laughs> you know, and it's weird because it's relatable. Even though it's a, I guess for UFC, it's, it's it sucks. Like for me as a human being, it's a completely relatable action. Like if Uriah Hall hit me, I leave. You know, I probably so the only difference between me and him is that I wouldn't have to cut. I wouldn't have to have like a meeting with a corner about. It, you know, as soon as you hit a boom, just walk the fuck out. Like nope, I'm leaving. <laughs> Bye. With a V and a G. <laughs> just to clarify, so that we're clear on what's happening here, I'm leaving. V and a G. Just so there's no confusion. Like, I'm definitely gone. Oh, my God. But I'm just saying, and it's no disrespect to the sport, because I know there's great fighters everywhere, not just in the UFC. But what I'm saying, again, speaking from the Vince McMahon, from the wrestling booking perspective, Paige Van Zandt went from this undefeated, promising, what is she, 23, 24 now? She's very young. Very young woman to uh, essentially what? She became someone who got her ass kicked in the UFC and then in, in bare knuckle in some unknown bare knuckle league. She's rough. Like they have to gotta grab her now. Or she's gotta start racking some wins up like quick. Not good. Ugh. Yeah. No bueno. Unbelievable. So who's even in this? Is there anybody else we know besides Chris Lieben in there? Uh so far, Lieben and uh Van Zandt are the only two. Yeah, I've ever really, um, two like names I've ever really seen that have been fighting in this league. And I know for Paige, this was her first fight there. I think Levin's had like, what, two, three? But I know he's won several of them. Just weird to see a bare knuckle league. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, that is, that's not good. And I'm just saying that if she loses in there again, they're going to let her go. They're not going to even bring her in for developmental anything. She says she's in talks with them. Keep getting knocked out in random places. Yeah, but then again, you know the way these. I mean, they they let they have fucking bad bunny here. So at this point, I don't know if they even go by the same prospect. No, but there's a big difference. Like Ronda, she got knocked out, but she had a big legacy, and then she had like oh, she got knocked out by monsters. Like we don't even know. I don't even remember who the hell's the last person is who beat up Paige Van Zandt. Yeah, yeah. We only remember this chick because she's a karate hottie, right? Yeah, and then I mean, before that, I think she, maybe several fights before she got choked out by Rose, but that was way before that. So. Rose Namajunas, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Girl with bloody and all hell. I got choked out. And I was like, oh. Yeah, just go to WWE, man, while you still have that credibility, please. All right. Anyway, moving on. In other news, uh, Trey Miguel, this is your buddy, right? The Impact Wrestling guy? 
I mean, my buddy's in NXT. I don't know who the fuck is it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Damn, you abandoned him that quickly, huh? He, he he went back to the Forbidden Land. He, he knew what this was. Yeah, it's crazy to me that uh, that that happened to him. But anyway, we got some audio here of uh, where where was this that he was part of? This is called uh, the Wild On Podcast, and uh, on here he talks a little bit about why it is that he decided not to leave with the other guys to go to NXT. Just give me a minute and we will cue that up here. We know that uh, Dez and Wentz are with WWE now, Mm -hmm. but what led to the breakup? Zach's married and Dez is engaged now, and they just need wrestling to in a different way than I do right now, if that makes sense. And they needed to do different things for them than I do. Yep. And I also think that... I, and I don't, I don't mean to like sound like I'm speaking bad about Impact, but I mean like a lot of people. I feel like they ran out of things to do with the Rascals. You know what I mean? And yep. there's there's no need in just staying if there's you know if there's nothing to do with. And yep. um, I have ideas for Impact, and I have things I want to do, and things that I didn't get done yet, and yep. I I don't want to leave without having that done. And Impact also affords me. Uh, the luxury of being able to stay home, which is like super duper important to me because we have a wrestling school here. Right. And I'm one of the head trainers there and I'm I'm there every single day. And I'm so close to the kids that we have there and the other trainers too. And I have a lot of family here and like wrestling has my heart more than anything in the world, but I've just been through so much personally that I, I, I can't pull myself away from my family right now. I just really can't. I can't do that. I told you last week, man, that I had a feeling that's because TNA is the one company you could literally it's almost a wrestle from home company. <laughs> it's always been that way. Like, nah, man, TNA lets me wrestle from home. It's like VR. Even if I can't come in, they'll just have me do some shitty video. I'll just teleport to Rosemary or some shit. They'll you know splice me in I, can't, I, I can't even crack a joke. Like, that's not 100% accurate. They'll Power Rangers splice me in. Ooh. And like the shitty CGI, some of the newer ones have too. Not even the good way it used to be. They'll do like when Jason left. Remember, they just had like some guy standing in the background that you couldn't see. All right, guys, <laughs> let's do it. You had like a hoarse voice and shit. Power up your crystals. Yeah, you could tell it wasn't. They're like, who is that? <laughs> Trey walked to the door. Power up your crystals. I always think about that when they brought in Rocky, Adam, and Aisha. They, had, they if you go back and watch that scene, they literally poochied them off the screen. It was just like the three, the three of them were just standing there with the suits on, with the helmets. One the way they didn't remove the helmets, and everybody just went pew, and they literally go back. The sound went pew, and the three beams just shut them off. Bye. No real actors here. TNA will do that for you. They'll poochie you away if they need to. I've seen them poochie people. Poochie the Hardys. Yeah, literally. They fucking teleported. They, they, I'm like, they, that was the actual in-game explanation. That was the in-story explanation. They teleported out, right? Leaving the title Look behind. The caught up they, in the middle of it. They actually did the camera work that they made them teleport out and the title stood on the floor, right? Look at that shit. They actually no, poochie you know people. T- titles didn't even stay on the floor. They fucking they went to the spot they were supposed to appear at and Decay just had the fucking belts. That was it. When you get poochie to leave the belts. That's the company that George admires so much. And I love how they said they ran out of stuff to do with the Rascals. Um, Tag titles? They never the had tag titles there? Rascals were never tag champions. Oh, that's brilliant. So therefore, you ain't run out of shit. You see what I mean? Ran out of stuff to do with the rascals. You barely did anything with them. You just had segments where they smoked weed and talked to your life. That company's forever bootleg, man. <laughs> Write it down, forever bootleg. 
There you go. You know, there's one right there. Aren't they selling like the N64 control or some shit that uh that they use during like oh. Sammy Callahan's Stop. fight? Stop. Stop playing with me. I heard that. I'm serious. Are you fucking... <laughs> Where the fuck would you sell that? I heard that shit somewhere. I know I'm not making it up. They're selling that in 64. It's covered in barbed wire. Yeah. Right? What the fuck? Yeah, that's the company. This is a company that we're so fucking proud of. Oh, God. I don't know who this we is. Sorry. (laughs) They sell the N64 controller that goes to the pay-per-view. Here it is. I got the shit on screen here for anybody who didn't see it. That's fucking nuts. I want George. I almost started to say, I want to see who buys that. George is buying that. George, what type of the chat room? It's in my house now. (laughs) What the fuck? Is that part of that brown bag special, too, that Don West used to run? I'm trying to find the documentation because I haven't even read it yet. I want to see how they how they put the spin on this. How do you advertise that shit? Okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, it says, this auction is for a truly unique collectible, the official match-used barbed wire-wrapped Nintendo 64 joystick from Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill pay-per-view held January 16th in Nashville. This collectible was used during the barbed wire massacre match, Sammy Callahan versus Eddie Edwards. Controller was personally autographed by Sammy and Eddie and was inscribed Hard to Kill 2021. The joystick does not work anymore, in parentheses. Comes with the official <laughs> Impact hologram to verify its authenticity and and the autograph. Free shipping will be double boxed for protection. Good luck. Two things. <laughs> One, I love how they say good luck at the end. Like, what the fuck you mean good luck? And two, they had to clarify this shit doesn't work. You know, in case you're going to plug it into your N64 that's still plugged into your HDTV right now. In 2020, fucking one. Because you will have some mark out there. You know what? If you're if if I'm to believe you, you're watching Impact, and if I'm to believe you bought this control, why am I not to believe that your N64 is still not hooked up? Right. Like considering the demographic that would actually go and support this, you should probably inform them that they can't use this shit to play No Mercy. <laughs> Those are the people you got to be careful for. They'll show up and fucking try to attack you. Those are the fans that'll jump into the ring and attack you because the the barbed wire controller didn't work. Mm-hmm. I couldn't play fucking Glover, you son of a bitch. Wow, there's a callback. Fucking Glover. Right. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> I had some. Did I put the Trey Miguel thing up there for everybody? I don't think I did, right? Not yet. Now I'm a scrub. Okay, here we go. Trey Miguel for anyone that's on social media in the chat room. There's the full podcast. There we go. That old man. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker's about to be stuck in YouTube highlight hell, because... All right, well, in other news, because I don't want to talk about N64 or TNA, Steve Cutler got fired, huh? Yeah, just out of nowhere. Like, what? Well, let's see what we got here. Apparently, he had heat with Vince McMahon because he uh, he tested positive for COVID-19. How does that get him heat? Great. As many people done got sick under your roof, there's going to be a lot of people fired. That's the case, Vince. He tweeted out, unfortunately, today I was released. It was shocking, to say the least. But I'm excited about the future and all the possibilities in front of me. Thank you for your continued support. 90 days. The countdown begins. Yeah. 90-day compete clause. That's interesting. Yeah. I remember when this news broke earlier in the week, and I was like, well, that's just off the walls and out of nowhere. So that news broke that night. And then a little while later, at least according to where she's posted it, Diana Peraza, I guess she's with Steve Cutler. That's her man. Uh, yes, I believe so. 
Steve Cutler and I tested positive for COVID at the beginning of January, had no symptoms, but took all precautions necessary. Thanks for all the well wishes, but we are healthy and in good spirits. When one door closes, another opens. Because it's, it's being questioned whether or not the reason his release was was because Vince had heat with him because of COVID. But I do find the timing of her reporting that they had COVID very telling. It was kind of like he was released and then literally within the, not even an hour's time, it was when they announced that they had COVID. Uh, according to Wrestling Observer, uh, they're basically saying that uh, Cutler had a New Year's Eve party. And uh, that's the main reason why he's pissed off. Because uh, he contracted a New Year's party and Vince was livid because of that. Because he promised people like Roman Reigns that they would have a safe environment in WWE. And then that positive test came up. Uh, I mean, I don't think they'll ever admit it if this is the truth. You know what I mean? There would be there would be too big of a lawsuit. It is very possible. They're saying that he's the first wrestler to ever be fired for getting COVID. Uh, I mean, WWE is never going to tell you. I mean, whenever somebody gets heat for some locker room shit, which this technically counts as locker room shit, they'll just release you for generic reasons. So it's like they're ever going to say so. But I think that's probably always going to be in the air. And to be honest with you, just the fact that they brought that up now is still very telling from, to me because they yeah, said same. they tested positive in early January. Why are you bringing up the day of your release? It must have had something to do with it. You can't say it had nothing to do with it, but it just happened to be something you brought up that day. So I'm going to go with saying, yeah, based on the information here on the timing of everything that was released. Sounds to me like this guy had a New Year's party, caught COVID. I know Vince was sensitive about that shit and when it rains back safely and they fired his ass because of it. What do you think? Yeah, it sounds pretty spot on. The timing kind of lines everything up, honestly. And then, yeah, we like you said, they'll never outright say that that's what it is because that's just not a good look, first of all. Yeah. But, yeah. Do you disagree with it though? So I'm kind of I have a we I have a weird thought process about it because like we've seen cases of other people getting sick and it's just been nothing happens. Either they get sick and then they come back or they just don't mention it. So, like, I, I, I'm i wondering what more it had to be besides just COVID that Steve Cutler will get released. It's the blatant disregard for safety that led to the COVID. There are people who caught it where it was yeah. like they caught it circumstantially and they're not even sure how. If they set this guy through a New Year's party, you know what I mean? Not that he went to it. No, he threw a New Year's party. Now okay, imagine yes, if you're Vince. Imagine if you're Vince and somebody tweets you, "Oh, do you hear the Cutler throw a youth party? Oh, that fucking guy. He better not fucking get sick." And then he does. Yeah, see, when you put it like that, it makes actually more sense. I would have fired him without the positive result. Just yeah, just for taking some kind of just taking a risk like that, especially when you promised your top guy, your world champion, for a safe environment. You're kind of putting that in quite a bit of danger. Yeah, I would have. I would have fired him without a result. I would have been like, "Yeah, you had a party." Yeah, this isn't the place for you, honestly. Not not through through this. And also, I mean, Steve Cutler ain't exactly high up on the hierarchy, so it's like you can't even get like a slap in the wrist for pulling some shit like that. Yeah. So now he's gone. To think Gunner survived and he didn't. Isn't that some shit? Like the the, the, the forgotten son we thought was going to get fired didn't get fired. The other guy got forgotten. So That's now the rough. question is, what's next for Wesley Blake? Good question. I mean, it, I don't know how they'd pull it off, but considering they're both on SmackDown, maybe somehow you reunite Murphy and Blake? They're former NXT Tag Team Champions, so they have history. No. You wouldn't put go that around again? No, I wouldn't go back there. <laughs> that team was a throw-together team. I wouldn't have done that at all. All right, I'm going to move on here. There's no segue. 
None. Write it down. There's no segue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so for our next story, have a look here. This is Tyler Rex. Apparently, he has come out with a gender transition. They basically said he went from Gabe to Gabby. Used to be Tyler Rex, ring name, Gabe Tuft. Now he's Gabby. Uh, he did a reveal with Extra TV when he just talked about coming out. Uh, his wife has been very supportive. I think that's one of the more interesting things here. Uh, not really interesting, but sweet things uh, to have a supportive spouse of, of a decision like that. But uh, yeah, apparently his wife was very supportive. I know that was the question because people were wondering when he was married. Like, how's this going to affect the guy's uh, marriage? And uh, she's fine with it. Just for anybody who was wondering about that. She wrote something that says love transcends lifetimes. There are lovers, there are soulmates, and then there are twin flames. Twin flames have a soul connection. They have different bodies and one soul. And I'm certain that Priscilla and I share this, share this incredible bond. Our lovers cross many lifetimes. We have fought battles to reach each other and in other lives to break away from each other. We have waged wars in the name of our love, lost our own life or life defending it, and been separated by insurmountable distances and odds. Somehow, through, though, in every life, we find we find each other in our physical and ethereal bodies unite as one soul as if it was meant to be we've gotten it wrong so many times lifetimes before holding on to one another with a grip so tight that even gods could not shatter it it is in this lifetime though that we are certain to have broken our karmic cycle and we have learned what it is our soul wanted us to experience all it took was letting go by releasing this iron grip that so many believe is the bond of true love, we allow the person the freedom to choose, to choose their own life path and to be who they were truly meant to be. The process can be painful beyond words, but the end result is enlightenment towards every aspect of human experience. Not everyone is ready to hear or comprehend this message, but just know that ultimate love is found not in the ability to hold tight, but rather in the ability to release what we hold so close and allow the other person to freely experience the human experience. And so we stand by each other's side, fully supporting without judgment, without opinion, bonded by lifetimes of pain, heartache, joy, happiness, passion, irreplaceable experience, births and deaths, and we are both free and more in love than any lifetime before. We got it right this time. All we had to do was open our hands. I love you until my dying breath and then I will find you again. Then it has like a ten nine eight seven six five four three two one countdown. So it's really cool that uh she's supportive, you know. Yeah, that's a ride or die for you. Yeah, that's ultimate ride or die right there. Fucking, we go and we do initiative. The wheels fall off. Fuck that. Yeah, I've always said, um, you know, I'm a I'm a firm believer in free will, and in, in my world, as long as you're doing nothing that does harm onto others, uh. I just bid you your way. And whether or not people philosophically, scientifically, religiously, or whatever their belief values are, coincide with yours or believe yours, really shouldn't bear factor into what you decide to do for yourself anyway. Because the worst uh, things to focus on instead of our differences really should be the violence and the crazy shit that's going on right now, the death and the things that are actually causing people harm, you know. You don't have to agree with my values. I don't have to agree with yours or your perspective. I'm like, we don't have to agree with our choices, but we can support each other and not be dicks. You know? Yeah, pretty much. It's not hurting you. And it's giving them, I guess, a peace of mind, making them happy. So no people harm, having, no foul. Yeah, people having beliefs and different views in life, agreeing with some things, not agreeing with others, is what makes us all human. Choice is what makes life what it is. So it's not really good to uh, basically criticize or be negative to anyone because of their choice whether you agree or not you know especially when their choice doesn't affect 
affect you in any kind of way. It shouldn't like, be a focus. Your day, your your your, your day, still gonna go the same way, regardless of what kind of choice they make. Yeah, it shouldn't be a focus. So, therefore, it is not. But I'm happy for him. You know, I'm happy for her. Yeah, that's the luck. Uh, what else do we got here? Oh, another fucking stalker fan. I heard about this shit. Did you know? Yeah. <laughs> we gotta put we gotta put these crazy fuckers on like an island together or some shit. Like, let me look over fuck. this. I only look at the program. I put it together. I only look at the details once I get on here. So basically, this fan who's obsessed with Alexa Bliss, he tweets stuff like, "Hello, everyone who thinks I'm a troll. I'm not. I'm dead fuck. I'm dead serious about getting rid of." that piece of shit ryan cabrera so stop calling me a fucking troll i'm not a stalker i'm a lover of alexa bliss i will be at her house in orlando florida and pay her a little visit hashtag let me in hmm. okay what else do we got here from him oh there's more oh this guy oh. oh somebody has hobbies to everyone who thinks they know me my name is not bobby it is albert little and i'm married to alexa bliss i read all your comments and i heard how you people think i'm trolling and i'm a stalker now I'm I'm a lover. You're mad at me, the person looking for his wife, Alexa Bliss, over the guy, Ryan Cabrera, who kidnapped and raped her and stole her from me when he didn't even know who she was. Oh, that's some scary shit right there. Um, what? Is he that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Why don't they just go shoot him? You like, see, I'm you, that level of crazy deserves a bullet to the head with no consequences. See, in my world, like, 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 this would happen. You come in my, you come in my significant other with that level of craziness. I should be able to pop one right between your eyes and not even so much as blink. Then he tweets to her and he tags her to, Hey, Alexa Bliss, I'm going to be here for a long time until you are back home with me. And Ryan Cabrera gone from our lives. Hmm. There's more. The saga continues. He says, Hey, Alexa Bliss, I'm going to stay up all night waiting for your Instagram pictures. But in the meantime, I would love to feel up your body again ryan cabrera stop touching my wife you rapist hello alexa it's it is tomorrow now and not a single instagram picture only you like some stupid fans tweets and a busted lip i i thank you i thank you though i was joking when i said ryan cabrera is going to sleep in a long sleep no i was not joking he will be seeing angels soon you would have been there right by now you pussy you know he would have been there by now you're still just tweeting thoughts <laughs> Oh, we, we we need to get this man like a body pillow with a hole cut in or something. Cause uh, the fuck, like what the fuck is wrong with people? I can't. I don't, I don't understand. Like like bro, she doesn't even know you. Like what the fuck? You don't know me. I swear to God, like it's like <laughs> Jesus Christ. Does it scare you? Like these same people can like vote and shit. Like these same people could just what what. There's no way in the world this man is allowed within a thousand years of school, first of all. Get Alexa a big dog. Listen, why come you guys are so primitive? It's it's twenty twenty one and you're gonna say get her a big dog, really? Listen, it's twenty twenty one. You get her a tribal chief. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going with that. That'll scare oh, the shit out of him. You son of a bitch, I can't believe you just pulled that. I didn't even think about that. Just have him sitting in your house. What are you doing in her house? Just have him raise his voice like he did on SmackDown. Scare the fuck out of him. <laughs> what the fuck you doing? Scare the stalker out of him. Oh my god, yo! What the fuck? I don't understand. Like this is this shit. Like this is why I don't want to be famous. I can't. 
I can't deal with crazy people like that. Cause I swear to God, like, what the fuck? Like, these are the kind of people. Like, I feel like the only end game these involved them in a bathtub with a toaster and them getting, them getting tased. Like, and you know the bad part is, you know, somewhere out there, there's gonna be people out there. Oh, he needs mental help. You have to get him help. No, you gotta push his ass off a cliff. Yeah, get him mental health locked away. This kind of crazy should not be allowed in public streets with access to social media. You put that motherfucker in a rubber room. You give him a pill to put him to sleep. When he wakes up, you give him another one. What? Oh, lock his ass up. Get a restraining order. Whatever involves him going away doing it. All right. Well, we're hearing that Bad Bunny is going to be sticking around for a bit. Yeah. Because there's no touring going on right now. So he can sort of just stick around. And it's something that he, uh, I guess he enjoys doing. He's a fan of the business, so it's something that he's wanted to do. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, hey, if he's having a good time and he's able to do it, hey, no harm, no foul, I guess. Yeah, he's uh, all right. I mean, I don't know anything about him. Well, he's, he's I mean, kind of there. I can see him kind of getting, like, especially like today on Raw, I could see him kind of getting used to things, kind of like getting a little bit more adapted to it. So, all right, let's see what comes of it. I really had no complaint so far when it comes to him. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see. He was all right tonight. We'll get into that later yeah. on. I mean, hey, last week I got to watch a bitch slap Morrison with a mic. So, I mean, hey, he sold on me. So. Yo, um, I thought this was just a funny piece of news, but Anthony Bowens from The Acclaimed. Did you see what he tweeted to Chris Jericho? What did he do? He said, I think we should interrupt Judas every week. And then Jericho tweeted back, I think you should shut your ass. <laughs> I just thought that was a great snapback. <laughs> shut your ass. That is amazing. I think you should shut your ass. <laughs> you know, Jericho always say off the wall shit like that. No, motherfucker, don't you do that shit. You ain't prepared for that ass woman. Fans will jump over the rail and fuck you up. Don't do it. So according to uh, Tyson Kidd, who spoke with Chris Van Vliet, they said that uh, Tyson Kidd's the one who suggested piping in the audio during the Thunderdome. He's the one who basically said, uh, is there a way or does it mess up production to pipe in the noise in the arena because he thinks it'll help the talent. And then when he spoke to the talent about it um, from the week before, they said that that's all that was kind of missing. And then uh, that's when uh, Kevin Dunn was like, yeah, it's no problem. So then they pump it in and it helps a lot. So see, they're doing it not as much as people saying they're doing it for the reaction. They're doing it for the wrestlers. It's probably less distracting for them to have that. Uh for many reasons, it's almost like having white noise. You know what I mean? Like if anybody's yeah, it, ever had had a white noise it, machine or something. Yeah, it would seem almost too like just making them a little bit more comfortable. Like, yeah, and it helps them also probably when they have to call it in the ring, they're able to like not have the audio covered. You know, because there's the sound. You know how hard it must be to call it in the ring to an echoed silent room. Oh, oh my god! You know, so I'm sure it helps. And white noise in general just helps. Anyone who sleeps with the TV on or with the radio or something on understands that it helps. So being in a ring and it's hollow like that, that's probably the whole reason why they're the ones who wanted it and Tyson Kidd's the one who suggested it. Yeah, definitely. If it, if it makes their day, if it makes their job a little bit easier, hey, yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, hey, a smart move by Tyson to think of that, too. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, I have to think anyone would have thought it's funny that it took for Tyson Kidd to be the one who thinks of that, you know, because yeah, I mean, it's like, like they like weren't the piping in audio before. You nuts. Yeah. Like I said, it's like they weren't piping in audio before. <laughs> right. Well, you remember those Roman cheers? Uh, bit of bad news. Just an update as we move on here. Butch Reed passed away at 66 years old. Damn, only 66. 
you know, way before our generation, though. Lord. Yeah, Butch Reeves way back then. Yeah, he was tag team partners with Ron Simmons. They were Doom together. So, yeah, very unfortunate. He had heart complications. So, thoughts and prayers go out to everyone, all family and friends. But, yeah, crazy. He worked for Mid-South. Um, he had three reigns at the, as the Mid-South North American Heavyweight Champion. You know, he was in WWE in 86 to 88. Yeah. Rest in peace. Another one gone. Yeah. Every week, man. Every week. Right. Like, it's getting upsetting. Like, stop it. It'll be that way every week until it's us. Don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't fucking say that. Because if I got to kill you to stop this shit, I might do it. No, fuck with you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll fight to the death, motherfucker. I swear to God. Have to do something about the morbid nature of everything. Right. All right, let's jump into the weeklies a little bit here because there's a lot of stuff with the weeklies that we need to talk about. Starting with, uh, I mean, there's not much going on with Impact this week, right? I mean, the one big thing I did watch on the clips was ODB. I'm not going to run it here. I don't think there's any need, but ODB returns, right? Yeah, she must have been bored as shit, but yeah, ODB came back. I don't know for what. I don't know why. I don't know fight who. That fucking division needs help. That's not going to give it help. It's now it's just a bad division with ODB in it, you know? They're just kind of like, they just throw whatever at this company. Like, at this point, they just need people who people actually fucking know. Come on, George. Tell me why ODB uh, running in to save uh, them people was good. I don't even know who the fuck was out there. Them people. <laughs> I don't remember who was in the angle. It's so poorly written. I think one of them might have been Kiera Hogan, I guess. Yeah, it was Kiera Hogan, who apparently he's, she's accusing Sasha Banks of copying her. Which, um, I'm sorry, nobody can copy you if nobody knows who you are. Exactly. Like when, the way I look at it, even if she copied you, it was for a very short period of time. Because first she had the purple hair, right? Then she left and had your gimmick, and then she came back with the blue hair, right? Yeah, that's fine. I can tell you the exact moment Sasha changed hairstyles. I never even noticed Kira Kira changed hairstyle. The only thing I remember Kira Hogan doing was being Ali's sidekick when she got killed off by Rosemary. Kira Hogan used to accuse Amber Moon of stealing from her too. Bitch, why are you accusing, like, the, the, the common theme, have you noticed, it's all people that are way more well-known than her. Naomi must have stole from her as well, right? Okay, Naomi probably stole, Alicia Fox must have stole from her. There's Cameron. a running gag here. Like, fuck. Jazz. If you could only steal the fucking relevancy from there, too, you might be all right. But... Yeah, they all stole from her. Fucking Harriet Tubman the... stole from her, right? <laughs> <laughs> she invented that shit, too. Since we are Black History Mother, right? Fuck it. Rosa Parks stole that backseat from her. That's what I got. Every time I see Kira Hogan, she's accusing somebody else who, who's black of stealing from her. Like, that's the only thing I see in common. That they're successful black people. Like, she's been doing what, though? Dyeing her hair? Nobody yet, nobody knew her before Impact, though, George. That's the whole point. <laughs> that's the case. She stole that from white people. If we're just talking about dyeing her fucking hair. Damn. Like, what the hell are we talking about here? What does she steal? God, what is it she, she does that's so original that could be stolen? Right. Her name's Dying Hogan. Who did she steal that from? Her name's fucking Hogan. Is her real last name Hogan? It better not be fucking. I got a cousin named Kiera. Did she steal that shit too? Like, like <laughs> come on, dude. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna say if you're gonna accuse somebody of stealing something, make it something that's just yours. Nobody else, just yours. If somebody came up talking about their name was Quiz and they used Test music, Test could say steal from. Them. I hope nobody comes out with Quiz. Like, 
That might be the worst gimmick. That shit is worse than a librarian. Did you just come up with that on quiz? I'm going to give that shit to somebody I hate. Yep. Yeah. Quiz. This isn't just It'll a be test. The impact version it's test. a pop quiz. Hell no. <laughs> quiz. I'm never going to get over that shit. You could single-handedly bury someone's career with that gimmick. It, it, it'll be the impact version. How the fuck do you come back from being quiz? You don't. Man, that's rough. But anyway, there was a paid advertisement. Oh, snap. Because why not, right? From you know who. The following announcement is paid for by All Elite Wrestling. Make your plans right now to join us tomorrow night live on Wednesday Night Dynamite for Beach Break, 8 o'clock, 7 central. And now here's the owner of AEW, Mr. Tony Khan. Thank you, Tony. You look great, by the way. (laughs) Hi, Impact Wrestling fans, and welcome to the most exciting three minutes on this entire show. A paid ad for AEW Beach Break. Beach Break's going to be a huge card. The kind of massive event that you know nothing about Impact Wrestling. But I do. I know all about big cards, big events, and I know that I upset a lot of people here at Impact last week with my comments that the games I play here for fun and frankly out of spite are like a fantasy league to me, like my own personal wrestling fantasy league. You might not like it, but the fact is I'm starting to make decisions I never would have made before. I'm letting John Moxley go to New Japan for the first time in almost a year and defend his U.S. title. Would I have done that before? You came here and pissed me off? Probably not. I'm starting to make all kinds of emotional decisions because I'm an emotional decision maker. I'm also a shark like this thing on Tony's head and on his sunglasses. And this stuff, these props, they might be a joke, but what's gonna happen tomorrow night is no joke. Tomorrow night will be one of the greatest Wednesday night dynamites in the history of AEW. And we've done some great episodes. Tony, tell them more about it. One-on-one this Wednesday, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, will go up against Thunder Rosa. The wedding will finally take place live as Kip Saban will wed Penelope Ford with best man Miro and Charles Taylor in attendance. You will see a tag team battle royal with the winning team getting a shot at the AEW World Tag Team title at Revolution. The Young Bucks are in the battle royal. If they win, they get to pick their opponents. A lumberjack match rushers around the ring. Eddie Kingston goes one-on-one against Lance Archer for the first time since Stadium Stampede. Matt Hardy team with Hangman Adam Page to take on Chaos Project. And the main event tomorrow night at Beach Break, the AEW World Champion Kenny Omega teams with the Impact Tag Team Champions, the Good Brothers, to take on Pac, Ray Phoenix, and John Moxley. And tomorrow night, Impact, our game's on pause for a week. Tomorrow night, the fantasy game's on hold till the next time I come back here. And tomorrow night at Beach Break, you step into a shark tank with a shark who's a very emotional decision maker and he's very angry with you. Tone, tell him when and where. It's Beach Break. It's coming your way live on AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, 7 Central, and only on TNT. He's such a troll. I, I love that he said, welcome to the best three minutes of this show. I mean, he's not wrong. No, he really isn't. It's weird because they really are burying impact in these ads, right? Yeah. Are they burying them or are they just stating reality? I'm oh, they're burying them worse than we ever did. <laughs> you know, when you really look at it, like they're, they're burying them. This point, I'm probably happy to actually be in front of a crowd. And all I'm saying, Impact, 
uh, your world champion still ain't showing up on Wednesday. So uh, <laughs> too oh, busy man. playing with moose and shit. I'm glad it's a light news week. <laughs> Isn't it? Anyway, so anything else would impact besides the return of ODB and uh, the paid advertisement to worry about? There was the contract signing, which I was so excited to hear. This is the title contract signing, guys. Rich Tuan, the world champion, signing the contract next week to face Tommy Dreamer. Now, let that, now what we go do, since it's light news week, let that simmer for a second. In 2021, on a wrestling company, Tommy Dreamer, ECW original Tommy Dreamer, wrestled when Terry Funk was still in his prime, Tommy Dreamer. Well, one of those retirements, whichever one, is wrestling for a world championship. Not just any world championship. What? Impact World Championship. Against Rich Swan, who we saw in WWE not, what, two, three years ago? It feels like Terry Punk, Funk was never in his prime. <laughs> no matter how and far I'm back you go. And I'm believe that there is any shred of relevancy in this company, George. Y'all motherfuckers got Tommy Dreamer compete for World Championship. I almost wanted to win. You know what, fuck it. Let, let, let's get Tommy Dreamer's Impact World Champion. That might boost the fucking ratings. May as well have Beulah McGillicuddy fight Oscar. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. You think fuck Diamante it. got an ass whooping? Fuck it. Where's <laughs> Francine, Landstorm, and fucking Just Incredible? Let's bring back the Impact players. Oh they could be God, in the Dusty might... Tag Team Tournament. How how callback are we getting get? Oh my God. Like, what the fuck is wrong with them? How shit is your company when one of your top guys is... No offense to him. Love Tommy Dreamer. I love Tommy Dreamer. I don't want to say how shit is your company. But 2021. But for him, I, I get what you're saying, that for him to be in the title picture is a little bit weird. <laughs> I don't want to say it's shitty, but you know, it's just it's just, it's just little... it just doesn't make sense versus all the other guys you have on that roster. And it's not disrespect to Tommy Dreamer. I'll say this as an old school ECW fan, but Tommy Dreamer got over by losing. His whole gimmick was yeah. that he got over being the underdog that loses a lot. That's... And that's why it made it such a big deal when he won the ECW title that first time because it's like, wait a minute, this guy never wins. He's, he was a, he was so it's just strange that it's like we went from that to it's like, all right, he's gonna be fighting Rich Swan, so. All right. Whatever they want. That's what y'all... I mean, ain't like they got, got a crowd to boo it, so I guess... Huh? Let's talk AEW. Beach break. Yeah. February beach break, because that's when I go to the beach. What about you? Is that when you go to the beach? Yeah, you didn't have snow? Me neither. I had beach. <laughs> Just like I said, this was, was a fun. great idea of this day of all time. I think it worked out great to watch a beach break in the snow. No. Yeah, but they showed up, didn't fucking snow down here, yeah, we'll just hit some quick bullet points because we do got to focus on the uh, the pay-per-view coming up this upcoming week with NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. Anyway, that being said, they had a battle royale, which, uh, by the way, John Silver, man, you know, pour one off for him. Luchasaurus gave him a nasty choke slam. Did you see that shit? Oh, my God. Let me see. Can I bring this shit up on the screen for us? One second, guys. I'm sorry here. Yeah, they expect at this point. They know what this is. Well, I have to go through the entire fucking show to find this stuff. If if I'm doing it even at the speed that I'm doing it, they got to give me some credit out there, right? Anyway, let me get that choke slam up on the screen here. That fucking death slam. Such a great athlete, man. We saw that last week in that big eight-man tag team match. And now Grayson trying to suplex Luchasaurus over the top. Luchasaurus brings him up the hard way. Source a handful of Grayson here and oh, the And then yeah, then the uh the two of them, two Dark Order guys, wind up eliminating him. He's out of there. That shit did not look fun. 
You should look at his life flash for his eyes on the way down. <laughs> yeah. So Gallows and Anderson are at ringside for this because there's nothing to do with Impact. They pull down the top rope and uh, wind up eliminating one of the private party dudes, I believe. Um, yeah, I believe that was uh, I believe that was Cassidy. Yeah, probably. Uh, Guevara, uh, what what else happened with that? She was, I mean, the very end, uh, Jericho actually eliminated Sammy. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. Because, uh, it came down to the, in, thank you for jogging my memory, that came down to the inner circle guys, MJF and Guevara and, and Jericho and Jungle Boy and Max Caster and Darius Martin. That's exactly what it was. And then the, uh, the tag team slut chance started. In the background, that shit killed me. Because Jericho, even here in 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 the midst of the tag team, he's changing partners. But he essentially, what they do to continue with this stupid conflict between the different stables is Jericho's blinded and accidentally eliminates Guevara, and then uh, he winds up Judas affecting um, Darius to go over. And just to jump ahead in the story, later on in the back, Jericho and MJF are celebrating backstage. Jericho comes in with MJF, the rest of the inner circles waiting in the locker room and celebrating. But Guevara has issues with it because he feels like they're always the ones that take the fall because he was the one that gets eliminated there. And uh, basically Jericho, like Sammy winds up storming out and then Jericho goes after him. And once they leave, MJF wants to have a conversation with the members of the inner circle that stood in the room. And Wardlow winds up killing the camera and he's like, it's time that we all have a talk. So something said behind the scenes there. Maybe they're planting the seeds for the to have the inner circle turn on Jericho and Sammy. Make Jericho look stupid because it would be an I told you so situation. Almost be something like a mutiny, maybe. Maybe. Or maybe just they're going to turn on Sammy. Yeah, maybe it's just Sammy, the single one that gets the boot. Because, I mean, we have been hearing the talk of, like, of the, um, you know, face turn for him. Yeah, which I still think it's too soon and it's a bad idea. But that's what they want to do. Oh, uh, we had Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker with the finish being Reba exposing the corner turnbuckle and then Britt using it to knock her out and then lock draw her unconscious body. What a bitch. This was a fight. Brutal. Very brutal stuff here. Good like, match. This was... I, I, would you say this is probably Britt's best match in AEW so far? Oh, it's definitely up there. I mean, but you know what? Are you going to have a bad match with somebody like Thunder Rosa, you know? And it's like you, you can't. do have good That's chemistry. That's the funny thing. Like if, you, if, if you're going to have somebody bring your best out, Thunder Rosa is the girl to do it. Yeah. A lot of chemistry, a lot of agility in this match. And uh, yeah, Britt's definitely, it's good for her to work with people like that because this is a girl who's extremely experienced and just makes everything just come off smooth and look really good. So, And that's a massive victory for her. Yeah, for sure. She beat a former NWA Women's Champion. Yeah, even if it was with a bit of a, a fuckery going on there, like she was able to do it. So I definitely give her credit for that. Yeah, good for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Hangman Page and Matt Hardy against Serpentico and Luthor, with the finish being Page hitting the uh, buckshot lariat, and then Matt Hardy tags himself in and hooks the leg for the cover. What a dick! <laughs> he did the he did it with such a high level of douche. She was fucking funny. You know what, man? I, I, this is it. My final decision. I, the last thing that we need is a dick heel Matt Hardy in 2021. I'm officially off board, man. I've been reluctantly every week I'm on here. Like, what is this? What's happening? I don't understand. I'm fucked this. I don't care anymore. The Matt Hardy thing's stupid. It's been stupid for too long. I can't make excuses for the guy anymore. This is the reason why sometimes you need creative. And I never thought I would say, but he's making me say when you let people do their own shit, sometimes they lose sight of their own shit because it's not entertaining. It's not fun. 
It doesn't work. It's just annoying. The last fucking thing that we need is a generic heel Matt Hardy. And it's like it's just fucking over everybody else's stories up too. The private party guys didn't need it. Adam Page had a great storyline going on. Matt Hardy does not fit into that story any fucking where. It was fine without him. What does he have to do with the elite or the dark order or anything with Adam Page aside from that he suddenly took interest? He just inserted himself into a storyline. That's not how storylines work. You can't just insert people in. That's what kids do when they write. Literally, that's how a child would write. You know, you would have like some shit like Spider-Man versus Hulk and then just punish her for no reason. You know, like what? This doesn't make sense. It just didn't work, man. And I'm sorry, but I'm not I'm not for the Matt Hardy shit right now. What about you? I mean, there's so much other stuff going on. I really didn't pay too much attention to Matt Hardy stuff lately. I just kind of like, oh, there's Matt. Okay. But there shouldn't so be. Get his shit out of the way. And then, okay, on to the next. Does Matt Hardy I, I, fucking I, I, I with the uh, Matt Hardy stuff like a commercial break at this point? I'm just like, all right, well. But that's the problem. When I'm, I ask you this, does Matt Hardy screwing around with those two guys do anything for you? The the private party guys. I mean, considering how long I went without seeing them on TV, the upside for me, at least, maybe that's just me reaching. I actually get to see them consistently do something because I think they were on dark for like three months. Oh, he after did. That little initial run, so it's just like yeah. All he did was ruin them for me, to be completely honest with you. He took a team that I was being introduced to, that I had a good first impression of, and he ruined them. Because what did I know about them before? Which, as a fan, is all I really want to know about them. They were two young and up-and-coming up guys. They were very charismatic. They had a lot of athletic moves. They had a cool intro with the fucking bouncer and shit where you come into their club and everything. And they were over. That's all I really needed. They completely changed it from that. To like these two innocent guys who don't really know their way in life and don't really know what they're doing and they need the guidance of this of this mentor. Like it just doesn't work because of where they were before and where they are now, it just comes off as silly. And then Matt Hardy doesn't need that. Like, and that's what I'm asking. Like, does Matt Hardy being with private party add anything to the show for you or to the tag team, in your opinion? I mean, just kind of like I said, kept them off dark. Because they guess. had the bouncer and all that stuff, and then they were on dark. And off of TV, I don't, I don't know, know if that's because of Matt Hardy. And also, does Matt Hardy uh, being in Adam Page's uh, storyline do anything for Adam Page's storyline for you? I mean, after the whole Dark Order thing, I didn't even know that Adam Page still had a storyline. Neither did I. I it would have been I interesting to see what the next thing, thing the was. The storyline, now the next thing is Matt Hardy. You know, I just don't like it, man. I mean, anyone can disagree with me, you know, but I just don't. I think it's ruining shit now. Not finding anything entertaining about it. Maybe it's just because I've seen worst cases of people just thrown into shit they had nothing to do with. So I just kind of, I'm numb to it at this point. Yeah, but if this was WWE, I don't think you would have been all right with that. Like them just throwing Matt Hardy, having him inserted into an angle. Like if he showed up. Oh, oh, I'm not not all right with the Matt Hardy thing. That's the thing. It's just. Like if he would have done that shit to the Street Profits, everyone would have been criticizing it. If he would have been out there shitting on the Street Profits and fucking with their contract, everybody would have been like, why is WWE using Matt Hardy like this instead of using the broken gimmick? Typical WWE not doing what they're supposed to do with him and not using him anymore. And it's like, it's like everyone's giving it a pass, even though it's just as shitty, but it's an AEW. But anyway, um, Kip and Penelope have a wedding. Which they got shoot married that, uh, I love how to use that fucking phrase, shoot married. They actually got shoot married that previous uh, Monday. Yeah, they got married before this wedding, but this was their actual official ceremony because they did not have one. So that's why the wedding actually goes through. Vicky's out there. Jerry Lynn's walking her down the aisle. What's with these Jerry Lynn sightings in this company? (laughs) Jerry fucking Lynn, of all people. Every time I see you know the bad part about it is, and I'm so mad at this, you know what I think every time I see him? What? 
I hear the beginning of his fucking TNA music. Remember that shit? No. That shit used to go, yo. Every time I see him, that's the first thing I hear. I don't even remember if I saw it. Like, was I watching Jerry Lynn? I, whenever I think of Jerry Lynn, I think of my time watching him feud with Rob Van Dam and ECW way before there was yep. such a thing as TNA. I remember I watched him. You know what it is? I used to see him when TNA first hit, TNA first came on Spike. I'd see him every now and then. I remember, like, I didn't see him for a little while. And then I think he, he, he feuded with, like, Christopher Daniels and, like, Chris Saban over the title and shit. But it's wow. like every time I hear him now, I just hear the beginning of his DNA music. He's walking down the aisle. So we got Jerry Lynn out there. Um, The thing about this is, so a couple of things I want to be careful. Because I really liked them in the beginning. But they're really ruining the image. It's another case of ruining image of the whole team super bad, you know, with this whole thing. Like, I did think that Kip Saban and Penelope... This is another case of less is more. Back when they were just a couple of badasses who used to come out and like cheat and get over and get wins and do things. And they had, what's his name with them? Um, The guy who's gone now. Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc. And it was just like, like that gimmick worked. It was just like, they just seemed tough. They seemed like they were just like, you know, intolerable and shit. And they were just good heels, you know, coming out in all leather, just being badasses. I don't want to see Penelope Ford in a fucking wedding dress saying vows and having Mira as a best friend and having arcade machines. As much as people don't want to admit it, it's like this is the kind of shit that is literally softening them up. Like you are softening up the, the, the images of a lot of your characters all at once. It's okay to do that through the few. But I feel like everyone in AEW all at once, we're getting to know them a little bit too intimately. And no one's just like a badass at a distance anymore, which is what all these characters used to be. I used to really dig the whole team super bad thing. And I was just kind of like, all right, they're here. And I get it. I found out recently that Kip's been, been injured, so he can't even work. So they're just trying to keep him relevant in the storyline. But, but good Lord, there has to be something that, uh, that we could do that's not this. This is, this doesn't fucking work. Um, I don't know. No effort went into this. And Rusev, man, was it a joke that he wore the same shit that he wore to his own wedding here? You know, I didn't even notice that. How? He wore the same shit he wore at a lot of wedding when Roman Reigns interrupted the fucking wedding. Because I forgot about He wore the same fucking outfit from his own wedding. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I mean, it's not like you've seen Rusev dress in many things. There's only one other time you've seen him dress in it and it was the same fucking suit. <laughs> it's like, good job there, AEW. We call that an Easter egg. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that motherfucker put the same wedding on for his own wedding to Lana and WWE. You know, he going to auction that shit off on eBay later, right? Oh, Fucking man. Two companies. Yeah, oh, man. Dude, I was rolling when Rusev attacked Charles present, though. That shit. First of all, I like the whole, if any, if anyone has any objection, and then Miro's like, nope, 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 nope. I've, I've done this before. <laughs> skip that. Think. Skip that. Nope. You just let it move along. But then I like the present in the corner. He's like, what's this present? This has been bothering me. And Charles is like, that's from me. And it's like, it's from him. And then it's like, he charges the present and he hits it with like a, a, a short forearm. <laughs> but you know what disappointed me? It would have made more sense since it was from Charles, from good old Chuck Taylor, for there to be something in it. But he knocks over and it was like, oh, it's just an empty thing. And nobody was like, hey, Chuck, why the fuck did you bring out a big giant empty present? Put something in there. So it seemed like, oh, you messed up Chuck's actual present. Uh, great. You know, I'll give you a guy up and be like, it was. So then Rusev starts. So then Rusev starts with the best man vows. And if, I don't know how somebody, and this is again, this is something that I, I hate to have to give credit to WWE backstage, the creative, but this is something that they would have, I'm pretty sure, stopped him from doing. Rusev opens his, his best man vows with what is love is the first three words out of his mouth. I guarantee you, the moment that it happened, I knew. 
Like within seconds of him saying it, it was like no. It was like when you bullet time a sniper, it was like like no. <laughs> he went what is love? What do you think everybody fucking did? <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> You'll only know here because they cut that shit out if you caught the replay or the YouTube because they didn't they didn't like it. Apparently, Tony Khan didn't really want that segment to be as long as it was, but that's exactly what happened. It happened longer than any Roxbury scene. Oh, shit. They were out there, baby, don't hurt me. No. <laughs> Crowd couldn't fucking help themselves. It was like once he said what is love, I knew that was it. I was like, that's it. In front of wrestling fans? Are you kidding me? The first three fucking words of your sentence was the beginning of a popular song in front of fucking wrestling fans? <laughs> but the motherfuckers popped though. They're not going to be able to stop now. Even if you started electrocuting them, they wouldn't stop. It's too late. You fucked up. They went through the whole thing, man. They go, da, 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 da. And Rusev's out there trying to fucking, oh, I like that song too. And you know, he's shitting bricks because he realizes he did it. You fucked up now. You just have to sort of go along with it till it calms down. That's that moment when you forget you not, you, when you forget you doing a red wedding in front of wrestling fans. What like, is oh, love? Shit. Really, Rusev? You come on here with your same fucking outfit from before and you open with what is love for this? I feel like they were trying to crash this shit with the way that it was going. Yeah, like fuck it, this is the real way. Let's have fun. Fuck like, it. Yeah, you know what? They should stay like this because this really does become. You never know what might happen. You know, oh, no shit. filters here. So, uh, Mira winds up getting shackled to the bottom rope by good old Chuck, and then he punches Kip, who then falls, pushing Penelope into the cake. Then Kip goes to hit Charles, and he winds up accidentally hitting Miro. Miro's all pissed off. Penelope jumps on Chuck's back. And then they wind up beating the fuck out of him. But then Orange Cassidy comes popping out of the other cake that's there. Poof. I bet you know how he looked already. The look on his face and everything. He looked the way he always fucking looked. Pops out of the <laughs> other cake. And then Chuck cracks a uh, freaking uh, Kip over the head with the uh, with that ice bucket. And then uh, after that, he winds up hitting Orange Cassidy. Hits his stun dog millionaire. But at least they got married, right? Yeah. I mean, hey. Most weddings, most, you know, the funny thing about it, we laugh. Most wrestling weddings do not make it to the I do's. No, they don't. These motherfuckers made it to the I do's. They are in a select few. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the last time I saw, I think the last time I saw somebody make it to the I do's, it was fucking Kane and Lita. Yeah, I, had to re- I heard the audience. Yeah, I had to reach for that one, motherfucker. Oh, man. All right, well, moving along, we have Shaquille O'Neal. And he's part of, what is this, that Inside Sports segment that he does on TNT? Yeah, I got to say, it was good enough that I rewinded it just to watch it again, just because of the awkwardness of it. Like Shaquille's so awkward and everyone else just felt awkward with him. Did you see the way he hit? <laughs> I'm just going to play this. That's him all the time. I just love the awkward That's way the- that uh, I love how uncomfortable he made everybody feel with the way he did. What was it? He called his finisher the Black Tornado. Yeah, and it seemed like when he did it, he was just making shit up, and it just got more and more awkward. <laughs> Watch the black tornado here. Look at this shit. He said that shit like the way what, he said. I was like, "There's no way you knew that's what we're gonna be headed on." I said, "You know, I'm gonna beat you like I almost beat Chuck. Remember when I gave Chuck the left and he flinched? That's how I'm gonna beat you. Name the place. I'm gonna do it. You do what? I'm gonna wrestle him. You ain't no wrestler. Yeah, come on, man. He'll you want me to do it? You, you think me, you can fight him? Sure, you we want me do. to do it. Of course, we want. You okay, to do it. it's done. I'm gonna do it. You gonna do what? I'm gonna wrestle Cody Rhodes. Me and Jay gonna wrestle Cody and Red Red 
pumpkin pie. You know he's from a brother. famous wrestling family, I, right? I don't care where he's from. I, mean, I, think, gonna, I, I, I have whip him like I almost whip you. I, I, I will say this. Cody. I've seen Shane, when he fought Shane Mosley, and Shane Mosley got a little more than he expected. Exactly. So, I think, okay. Uh, I'm going to do it. You want I'm me down, to do it? I'm do, down. do you have a preferred wrestling move, Shaq? Yes, it's called the Black Tornado. Would you give us <laughs> Move over this way. What this shit, man? I don't want you to get hurt. Oh, my God. So the black tornado. Actually, I don't want to, you know, break this last, but, you know, the black tornado is when I Hold take on, the ball me... and I act like I'm coming through like this and then I... Oh, okay. I got you. Oh. I got you. I... Okay. Hey, 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 hey. I got you. That was the most awkward spinning back for service in my life. That's what I'm going to do to you, Cody. What was the guy? You're going to do what? I will say this. Cody. Who was the guy? Yes, it's called the Who was the straight lace guy? That's enough. We get it. We get it. The guy, the guy. Take the ball. And I, well, I guy's over over his life or something. Watch, oh, listen to this guy. Okay, I got you. Oh. I got you. Okay, hey, 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 I got you. That's, that's quite enough. We get it. <laughs> he didn't want to do you, Cupcake Cody. I love how random I just go over here and boom. And then I just go over here and boom. The second one's what caught me off guard. When I. When I was watching this shit, I heard the, I saw the sec, the first one, and then I heard the second one. I was like, "Wait, what the fuck? You made that shit up? You just felt like you had to do something more." <laughs> 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 I love that moment so much. I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> the black tornado. You know you play it one more time. You know you. Yo, I do. I really do. The black tornado, <laughs> dude. I rewinded that shit. I legit, like, I couldn't. I want to see him do that shit now. Okay, I really do. Cody. Hold on, I gotta go. And he flinched. That's how I'm gonna beat you. Name the place. I'm gonna do it. You do what? Oh you ain't no wrestling. Yeah, come on, man. He'll you want me to do it? You, you think you can fight him? And, it, and it's intimidating because he's a big okay, dude doing that shit, do too. You gonna do what? Wait. I'm gonna wrestle Cody Rhodes. Me and Jake. What is this? Okay, I get hurt like a bitch. Red. Pumpkin pie. You know he's from. I don't want to break this. Pilot, right? I don't care where he's from. I'm mean, gonna I, I, I whip been. him like I almost whip you. I, I, you I will say this. Cody. I've seen Shane when he fought Shane Mosley, <laughs> and Shane Mosley got a little more than he expected. Exactly. So I think, okay. uh, I'm gonna do it. You want I'm down. Do I'm down. I, I hope he really uses the black tornado. Oh yeah, my god, dude! I'll pop tornado. if I see him saying that. <laughs> Would you black tornado? You have to hit him. Call it. I don't want you to get hurt. Yeah, here, fucking hurt. Yeah, here, fucking. Break this last, but you know the black tornadoes is when I take the ball and I act like I'm coming through like this, and then I. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. Okay, hey, 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 I got you. That's quite enough. We get it. We get it. That's what I'm gonna do to you, Cupcake Cody. That's what I'm gonna do to you, Cupcake Cody. It's the second one that gets me. Like, it just looked like he felt like he needed to do some more shit. <laughs> oh, dude! I rewinded that shit so fast. It was like that's awesome. I love how the guy looked like he didn't expect him to hit that shit down. You could tell it was unscripted because how uncomfortable he was. He was punching that thing. All right, we got it. We got it. Oh my god, that shit made me laugh. That was fucking wonderful. It's funny because up to this point, people were saying that Shaq wasn't putting enough of himself into this. I think that did it for me. That was, <laughs> that was more shit than we ever got WWE. I don't give a fuck. We didn't get the Black Tornado against Big Show. It almost felt like Shaq got the memo that he wasn't doing enough just before the interview would ask him what his finisher is. And he just felt compelled that he had to do some shit. That is a man who did not have a finisher prepared. You know, he was just like black tornado. I'm going to do this. Boom, and then I'm going to do this. Boom. And that was a man who has seen every seven footer and the grandmother twice removed to a choke. Same and said, no, I'm going to do some different shit. Oh, that was a great moment.
That was an improv and a half, man. That motherfucker came up with that on the fly. That was beauty. That's calling it. You know what? As somebody who I feel like at this point my specialty is improv, I can appreciate that shit. But yeah, you're right. The second one's what caught me too. The second one's the Dude. funniest one because you would expect. I just that think, might okay, have to be the screenshot. Just him punching that fucking level look on his face. <laughs> I just. You know the bad part is the screenshot has to be that moment the second punch connects because it's the fun. First of all, his oh face is hilarious. <laughs> I just love because like when he does that, I'm just like, okay, so he's a seven forty one spinning back fist, and I heard the second punch, and I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> the black tornadoes two hits, first the boom, and then the boom. Yo, that thing's coming out. He run a video package. Tony Khan, your fuckers better use that exact line. It's the and then the. See now they gotta they gotta commit to this. I'm waiting that whole match. I'm more excited for that than anything else. Right. And the only reason, by the way, that this is happening on Dynamite as opposed to the pay per views because uh, the pay per view is March seventh, which is the All Star Game. So uh, obviously he can't be there for that. But then you get to pop the television rating the following uh, Wednesday. So there you go. Move stuff around. Work better out, man. The Black Tornado. Oh, my God. Dude, I, you don't understand how badly I want. Somebody tweet Shaq and tell him to please do that shit. See, this is one of those cases where I wish that someone creative was in the people's ears around him. Because I wouldn't have been able to resist having somebody ask him, why does he call it the Black Tornado? <laughs> right? Like, why that name? Because you know the bad part is because it's Shaq. You know the answer could be funny as shit. Because either he can A, and I love the reason why it's such a good interview question, because he could either A, come up with something creative, as creative as the Black Tornado, like a deep meaning behind it, or B, since it's improv and we all know what the real reason is, say it and be like, because I'm black and I spin around. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, everybody wins. No matter what way we go. It's just, is your stomach hurt going to hurt for laughter or are you going to pass the fuck out? I need, him to, I need him to get the Black Tornado over more than I need Jericho to get the Judas Effect over. Oh my God. You <laughs> I've never needed, yo, if he hits the Black Tornado, I will be perfectly okay with Shaq winning the match. We need, as long as, we need a new wrestling game that's good so we can create Shaq and give him the Black Tornado. Oh my God. Yes. No, no, I'm going to tell you how you do it. I'm going to tell you exactly how you do it. You do it how they did Goldberg moveset. The first, the spinning back fist is the signature, and the other fist is the finisher. I, I wish that I could make it a... I wish that we could insert sounds, because I feel like no matter who the collision is with, it should always have the pump. Like the actual taken, <laughs> taken from that with a pump. Okay, turn and then the pump. Shivani on commentary. He's going for the black tornado. Oh, God, here comes a second. <laughs> here comes a second. That's the best that you have to come up for a second. How do you sell it? I guess the first hit you get turned inside out and then you immediately spring to your feet. It would be like a hot tag almost, you know? It's like hey, you hit him with inside and he comes back with the other way. You know what I feel like you would have to do? You'd have to do it how freaking uh, Gargato sold those multiple super kicks from Cole where like the first one just brings him to a knee and the second one's a kill shot. Black to me. I can't wait. Yo, I <laughs> that was the funniest thing I've ever seen Shaq do in my fucking life. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. So next we had Eddie Kingston against Lance Archer in a Lumberjack match. My first thoughts were, this is a feud? Like, who who wants this? Why? Like, I thought when they fought last week, it was like, all right, these two have to settle their shit. Now that we move on. But no, they're really going to have Lance Archer keep fighting Eddie Kingston? No. It's shitty. 
And the match also, so finish, first of all, Lance Archer with the blackout. That's what he calls it, right? Which I still don't like, by the way. I don't, I, I don't agree with that. Right, I don't know why. I'll never understand why they changed the name for everybody dies. I feel like I've been on here a really long time noticing how the blackout's the name of that move and no one else has. Been almost a year, I think. Not adjusting it, all right? Dude, the lumberjacks grabbed Archer right away. Like it was like ding, 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 grab It's like watching the movie Pitch Black where you go a little bit out of the light and they just take you. That said, you're fucked. It was like, can I have a match? The lumberjacks grabbed him right away. They didn't even have any match before before the heel lumberjacks were all over the place. Even the way they do lumberjacks in this company is a bit off. Like. It's better to wrestle a little bit, have an exchange, then somebody falls over the ropes and it bleeds over, and then, like, someone doesn't want to put them back in as a slow elevation. Instead, it was, like, mostly lumberjacks, hardly match, you know? Like, they just grabbed at him right away, and they were just all pounding. Like, this is what I'm talking about, the storytelling. Like, normally, you at least have to, even if it's adolescent, you at least have to trigger it. Like, let's just say, for example, you grab the guy out of the ring. And when you go to grab him out of the ring, someone who's some feuding with the guy who grabbed him hits him. And when he hits him, he falls into someone in front of him. And that person has heat with the person behind him. And then boom, and the lumberjacks are fighting. This was just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like there was no fucking beginning to it. Like the, like everyone was just angry. You know, like, 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 can we get the beginning of the lumberjack? Like you guys just skip to the middle. You're like, fuck it. Act two. Wow. All the lumberjacks are angry. We don't even know why. It's just weird, you know? Go back and look at Lumberjack matches on Raw. As much as it looks like a clusterfuck, a lot of the time there's people out there that are in tag teams or that are feuding over titles or that have heat with each other or in, in a questionable alliance and then shit happens back there and they all wind up fighting. But it's never just been that everybody just for the sake of, they were like extras in the background of like a, of like a fucking King Arthur movie, you know, just like catapults and shit going off and people stabbing other people. Like there was just no kind of like, con- like, like, like organization to this. Weird. Really weird, man. Ah, FTR. And, and, uh, Tully fucking kidnapped Marco Stunt. <laughs> this shit killed me. But I mean, really kidnap him. Like, like, kidnap him like the way Pluto with olive oil. Like, he's in a chair tied up okay. with like a thing on his mouth. Like, like they're really there. about him, to go you know? down. Like some Batman type shit. I don't know. And he says, we're not bad men, but sometimes we got to think to ourselves, what would bad men do? I mean, yeah, that's what some pretty bad fucking men would do is kidnap a grown man and show it on camera. I don't, you know what? I'll go with it. The other company had, had like a, oh, I can't even wait. Can't even wait. Oh, we got to get through these fucking I just remembered what the other company had this fucking week. I thought I accidentally turned on a fucking game pass game. I was like, did I hit my, did I lean on my remote? (laughs) Anyway. Like it's still the same program, but anyway, I digress. Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Moxley, Pac, and Phoenix. Penta's not back yet, and they didn't want to use fake Penta, but probably celebrate a birthday. So happy birthday, Penta! Mm-hmm. Finishes the Magic Killer on Phoenix. Afterwards, Lance Archer runs in to save Moxley, I guess. But then there's a big, big revelation because Kenta, Kenta shows up. Holy shit! Tell me about it. Kenta fucking shows up here. Um, we're going to run that and then let you guys link you guys to it and then talk a little bit about it. John Moxley gets some security out here. What do we have here? Oh! Moxley blindsided. Whoa! Oh, my God! <laughs> That's Kenta! Yes, it is. Kenta! What? 
What the hell is he doing here? Kenta, oh, the go to sleep on Moxley. Kenta's the man with the briefcase. He's the man with the rights to challenge John Moxley for his IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Championship. And he comes out here, and he makes his and he makes his point on AEW Dynamite. Kenta, watch Moxley. It's obvious. Has it's amazing how these things happen when we're here, isn't it? It's the break in the bullet club and fixed. <laughs> That's the question, right? <laughs> this I've, I've never seen any. So Kenta shows up. Oh yeah, and no, I'm Shavai to correct you. It's fucking Kenta. Holy shit. Of all the people I would expect to show up, he was not one on my list that I thought was going to pop up. He wasn't mine. He, uh, like, I kind of, I, 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 I envisioned Moxley popping up in Japan. He tweeted a couple East. of weeks ago that he was, that he was back in Orlando, Florida. And someone from NXT tweeted something to him. I forget what. I watched the exchange, but I remember thinking, hmm, interesting. That you, what would you be doing there? You know, that explains it because I didn't even know he tweeted that he was in Orlando. He tweeted something. I don't remember exactly, but I remember knowing that he was in Florida somewhere and then thinking, I wonder what that means. So you could look yeah, back a couple of weeks, like two or three weeks in the sheets. It'll be there. Right. But yeah, that's that's a big deal. Isn't this the first time he's been on like American TV since he left? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's been gone a long time. The last time we saw this fucker on American TV was 205 Live. Yeah, pretty much. Which, by the way, do you see what I tweeted out? I think I might have. Refresh my memory. Someone shared a meme. I got to look on my Twitter real quick in real time to remember exactly what the meme was. And I thought it, I said something like, we're in early February and this is already the dumbest or the most stupid meme of the of the year. And I actually took offense to it. I normally don't take offense to wrestling. But when I saw it, it was like the level of ignorance that it takes for this fucking meme. Let me go. I'm trying to go to my own profile now. To make sure I get the exact wording of this shit correct. Someone put, AEW is so desperate for ratings that they got to bring in a tool five live star for a feud. When I read it, and I, I don't normally share stuff out that stupid, but it was on a level, it was on a tier of stupidity that actually surprised me. It was like, wow, I could feel the vibrations of that stupidity. <laughs> you know, like. So. I don't usually ask you for many things, but I'm going to use a sound clip this part and send it to say the individual. Um, he's been in New Japan for like two years, dumbass. Dude, nobody remembers. They're so desperate that they took a two five live star. Are you kidding me, Kenta? Kenta, New Japan, fucking Kenta. That to me is really disturbing. In a fucking G one, Kenta, you stupid mark. What's cool is somebody somebody put this up recently. I want you to hear this. This is Moxley himself. Oh, God. The Kenta I know. The Kenta that inspired a generation. If you're around my age, Kenta, let, let's face it, everybody stole their shit from Kenta. Like, he's right. Yeah. I like guess that's if one of He that. said, if you're around my age, everyone stole their shit from Kenta. Kenta! He's not a fucking Tool 5 live star. Are you insane? <laughs> he's the guy CM Punk stole his fucking finisher from. Like, he was a fucking legend in Japan before any of this nonsense. 
That dude was a god, and then and then WWE fucked him up. Like Moxley said, if you're my age, everyone stole their shit from Kenta. From that one guy. From that one guy who you guys are fucking idiots are going to you laughing at that meme and liking it. That's why I hate social media. (laughs) Everybody's laughing, tweeting, and scrolling your stupid bullshit with no knowledge. You share shit like that, and then people believe your bullshit. You know? Are you kidding me? And it had nothing to do with desperation. What would be desperate about using somebody who's talented? And what the fuck does it matter for some tool five like that? They don't have talented people on there. There's so much wrong with that being the perspective to have. That's what you got out of that? See, these are the marks that every year they're like, oh, this is the year AJ Lee and CM Punk are coming back. This is the year Brock. Like, I, I, I want to just see the thought process. But I don't want to rot my own fucking brain out because I love I'm, stupid. I'm hoping the meme was a fucking joke just because it's too stupid it to be real. It couldn't have been. It's too stupid. <laughs> it was like, what? You know what the bad part about it is? I'd like to believe that. But then again, I remember that there are wrestling fans out here that are that dumb. These are the people that make you ashamed to say, hey, I watch wrestling because these dumb fucks are out there. That's just amazing, though. If you, if you are like, desperate oh. to bring in Kenta, it should be because he's Kenta, not because it's a 205 live star. This you know why I'm desperate to bring Kent to my company? Because he's fucking Kenta. In this case, I have to defend the contrary. No, it's that the other company was so stupid that they brought in a fucking legend and they used him as a 205 Live star. It wasn't the other way around, you know? That's why he's pissed. Yeah, no, but I see stuff like that all the time. But that one to me was like, okay, that does it. You know, like, what are we talking about here? Ridiculous. Anyway, getting back over to AEW. So Kenta, as you saw, he's there. And, uh... Basically, he takes out Moxley because, as you know, they have a common interest with the uh, with the title here. Now, as far as the match itself went, aside from the angle, like I don't want to lose fa- focus of the fact that Phoenix and Pac did a lot of good work in this match. Because I noticed with a lot of the reports that I'm hearing, that's the part that people are leaving out. It's kind of like, unfortunately, when you do a big angle like this, the angle overshadows the work that went into it. Because it was kind of like, you know, there was like a huge match. As a matter of fact, last week when they went off the air, all everyone was looking forward to this week was that. Without there being like some sort of a fucking swerve at the end. And like nobody really bothered to talk about like the actual work that went into the match. So we're going to do that here. Uh, that being said, I did like Ray Phoenix's backflip into the cutter on Omega. Always a good spot to see. Um, that high angle snapdragon suplex on Phoenix from the top rope was very solid. And then once again, we get Phoenix crazy as fuck with another dive of the week. Let me see if I could bring this one up. I guess that's going to be his thing. Dive till you die. I'm telling you, man, Phoenix is fucking... You know what it is? I, it, with guys like Phoenix and Darby Allen and guys like that, these guys are fucking indestructible. One giant clothesline. He landed on his head. Ray Phoenix! It has broken down in Jacksonville. Phoenix sent into the rope, puts on the brakes, hook, kick, nearly decapitates Carl Anderson. There we go. Crazy fucking Phoenix. Every week, dude. <laughs> it's becoming like the Tony Khan thing. Like, are we gonna be here every week with this? It's gonna be a, it's gonna be the best three minutes of impact. Your feet is going balls out with a die. So then Omega winds up hitting Moxley with his own paradigm shift, and the two count is broken by Pac coming off the top with a four fifty onto his back. Some of the shit these guys did in this fucking match. And speaking of stealing finishers, you have Moxley countering Anderson's gun stun into his own. So everybody, everybody was doing stuff like this. Oh, fucker, they got their shit in and then the guy next to him shit in. Mm-hmm, absolutely. 
So Tamatanga tweets and he says, Hey Kenta, while you're there, slap up Kenny Omega, middle aged Bucks, Festus, and the other smaller Festus. Oh fuck. And again, no need to thank us. Wow. Hashtag Bullet Club. The other smaller Festus. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. Yeah, it's weird that no one's ever done that before, right? Right, nobody's ever thought about that. <laughs> the other smaller Festus. But do you realize how crazy? Because um, they actually did announce as well. Oh, God, I believe uh, we are actually going to get fucking madness because Kenta competes this Wednesday on on AEW Dynamite. Well, they did. Kenny Omega actually caught up. Did you see when he caught up with him after Dynamite went off the air? I did not see it. Yeah, let me bring that up here because Kenny Omega catches up with Kenta for a bit of a Bullet Club reunion. Hey, Kenta. Hey. <laughs> Brothers, which way never told me to expect a guest. But there, welcome to the American Club, my friend. <laughs> Shut the f- up. I'm not your friend. I'm here to beat John Moxley. Works for me. Works fine by me. Hey, you're the uh, social media stooge, right? Listen, you pass this along to Tony Khan. Look, John Moxley, you want me to show up here every week, risk my life to be on your dynamite show, Tony? Hmm? Lance Archer, I saw what you did this week too. Button your nose in someone's business that you don't belong in. How about this? Next week, I'll smooth things over with my uh, newly found friend Kenta. And if you got the guts, Tony, make it a tag match. In fact, well, he's not contracted by this company, so I can't see how you can sanction this. Let's make it, I don't know, lights out, pinfalls can anywhere, something in my wheelhouse. Lance Archer, John Moxley, Kenny Omega, Brother Kenta. Until then, must bid you adieu. Think about it. Think about it. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. And good night. <laughs> okay. Yo, Kenta. Hey, let's talk for you. Let's talk amigo. It looks like the Bullet Club back together, yeah. Hell yeah, we get fucking Kenta <laughs> next week. He doesn't seem to be on board with American Bullet Club either. But all that means is that fuels the madness for the war. It doesn't do any help for uh, Omega. Uh, well, hey, as long as he ain't on the receiving end of that ass whooping, I don't think he's complaining. Yeah, well, Kenta's there, man. He's there for I mean, you can think of like, how big that is. In the time AEW's been around now, we've had people from... Well, we had like what the AAA titles have been there, NWA titles have been there. Forget like I think there's like three or four other indies that have been there. Like I know Sammy Guevara had championship from another indie when he um when he first signed, and now you have because they've acknowledged in this match it's uh, Lance Archer and the IWGP US Heavyweight Champion John Moxley in this match. So that's New Japan's title coming over. Like, it's kind of crazy to see all these different companies kind of converging in one place. Yeah, definitely is. Which, by the way, before we go a little bit more into that, um, apparently that match, um, the match with uh, the Young Bucks and Gallows against the Dark Order, it had to be edited because uh, Gallows and Anderson kept doing, like, jacking off motions and pot smoking motions and shit. And yeah, TNT wanted... didn't like that very much. Yeah, so they edited around all of that stuff. Uh, but as far as what you were talking about, yeah. Obviously, 
And as we suspected, and according to Dave Meltzer and Wrestling Observer Radio, they said that the deal is done and the two sides have a working relationship and that the pandemic sped it up, but it also holds it back at the same time. And that the only way to get Moxley was to make a deal. And that when AEW first started, New Japan had no clue how successful they'd be. And there, there's a lot of things about it, basically. And uh, that apparently, originally, New Japan thought that AEW was just going to be like a fly-by-night thing. And uh, they sort of big-leagued them, if you know what that means in the business, but they turned out to be wrong. So now they're all coming together and they're having this deal. So that does make an interesting uh, alliance there between these three companies. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Meltzer also went on to say that there was really a lot of childish stuff um, and that even when he tells people um, they don't want to believe it, but there was really like a lot of childish stuff. They wanted Tony Khan to come and see them and he didn't. And even though they sent Chris Harrington and even though the Young Bucks were the office and they were ready to make the deal, New Japan thought that they were fly-by-nighters and that uh, it wasn't going to mean anything and they just kind of big league them. And then he basically said that they were wrong and they went their separate ways and then they needed John Moxley because he had the U.S. title and um, they could have just stripped him, but they but um, they didn't want to. And the only way to get him because he couldn't go to Japan was to do it here. Um, but the only way to do it here was the approval from Tony Khan, so it opened the door. So that is how the whole thing came to be. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, see, good stuff. Because if it doesn't stop with Kenta, imagine some of the things you could have happen with this with this new, like, basically kind of alliance now. Well, that's what I tried to tell you guys in the first week when you when everyone was like, oh, this is going to be a one-time thing. I'm like, there's no way it's a one-time thing. It's going to go on. And even if this wasn't going to go on, these companies have never fully ever closed their doors to anyone else for me to think that there's not always a possibility of something like this. WWE's only been the, the, the only company that's ever followed that philosophy. So sure, all kinds of shit can happen if you're counting them out of the bubble. Literally anything can happen. These companies, are, they, they work very uh, well with one another. They're 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 in it for the entire business, not just themselves. Mm-hmm. So the only other bit of news, and they didn't even announce when it was going to happen. I guess because we don't know when. Hikaru Shida is in Japan right now for it, but we don't have a date. They're going to be doing the AW Women's World Championship Eliminator Tournament, which uh, this is a tag team, obviously for the uh for the women. Or actually, not even a tag team, right? This is singles. Yeah, it's going to be a, a, a singles tournament. Okay, singles tournament here. Let's bring up what we got here. This February, All Elite Wrestling is proud to present the Women's World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Matches will emanate from the United States and Japan. 16 women will battle for their shot at the AEW Women's Champion, Hikaru Shida. On the Japanese side, Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, Benny, Emi Sakura, Ryo Mitsunami. Mei Saruga, Rin Karokura, and Maki Ito on the American side, Serena Deeb, Riho, Dr. Britt Baker, Kai Conti, Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose, Anna Jay, and Layla Hirsch, who will become the number one contender for the AEW Women's Championship. So is it like an A block or a B block? It's weird that it's like on the American side and on the Japanese side. Or is it because Sheeta's in Japan right now? Um, it seems like it kind of has, I guess, almost an A and B. It seems like it almost feels like a little bit of both. Right. Because I do see kind of the A block, B block, where you have you on the American side of the bracket and the Japanese side. Yeah, it's intriguing. It really is. 
Yeah, Aja Kong, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, they have some interesting stuff going on there. We're going to have to see how they put this whole thing together. Yeah. You know? I'm interested. Yeah, I'm glad they always have something going on, you know? They they definitely keep things uh, going very well. Yeah. They're always trying, like, whether we like it or not, they're always trying stuff. Yeah. Like, see what works. Like, they don't stick themselves in a rut and just stay there. But is this going to be on Dynamite, or is this a separate thing? Or? Um, I I would figure it. I figured it would have to be on Dynamite, and then wherever they would show the Japanese have that's what I'm more curious of. Because the last but time they figure. had a thing with the girls, it was it wasn't on Dynamite at all. Yeah, it was a it was a separate thing. I think it was YouTube. But then, and let's yeah. not forget the TNT is I think going to be um doing another AEW show besides Dark. There's going to be another weekly. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, exactly I guess sure. we'll know. I guess we'll know as it gets um as the tournament starts to take more shape. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'm glad that they're that they're definitely doing something. The pandemic helped them because it learned it taught them how to adopt, you know. Adapt yeah, kind of like um, kind of figure out like adapted to basically based on the circumstances. Yeah, not just go. Yeah, it did wonders for them, I think, because you know, in a lot of cases, you never know with with the way things are going. All of these companies needed to be put on their damn toes. To be honest with you, I think. AEW to a less extreme because they were just growing. They just got here when this shit hit. But I mean, <laughs> some other places show, got complacent. Yeah, some other places needed to be woken up. So, you know. Anyway, was that everything for AEW? Did we finish with uh with them for the weeklies? We did, right? That was Dynamite. That was it. Last week we didn't talk about Tool Five Live. This is the final Tool Five Live that has any relevance to do with the uh, Dusty Classic. There was only one match. It was Zoe Stark and Marina Shafir against Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon with the finish being Moon tapping uh. Zoe Stark with a, I believe, like a standing crossface almost. And yeah, just, that's what it looked like at least. Yeah. That being said, the Zoe Stark girl, she's a bit sloppy. She's green. I guess that's why this is on Tool Five Live. There was no hope of this being anything of significance. Uh, and that brings us to NXT. Finally, we have the uh, the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic semi-final match of Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez against Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter with the finish being Raquel Gonzalez with the one-handed powerbomb on Casey Catanzaro. Um, there was some weird sequences here, man. Was it just me? Yeah, there, there was some weirdness. <laughs> What's the British comedian? He goes, what the fuck happened there? I'm going to need to get his drop sometimes. <laughs> what the fucking fuck happened there? What the fucking fuck? Because that's how I felt watching it. Like there were, fuck. Yeah, there were a few things where it was like, let me. I'm going to bring one of them up here. Hold on a minute real quick so you could get a look at uh what i'm talking about they need to stop getting too flippy you know but she's the ninja warrior right here look at this sequence okay what is this spectacular showing representing nxt proudly oh look at innovation Take down. What the fuck? Wow! What the fuck was that? You see what I'm talking about? Sometimes less is more. Sunday, like where? Where we? What? Spectacular showing representing NXT proudly. Oh, oh look at innovation galore! Innovation, my ass! Cantero able to take down. <laughs> no, nothing. I don't know. Oh, that's the movie you were talking to me about earlier. I didn't know because she mentioned some sloppy shit early, and I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I had no idea what the sloppy shit was she was talking about. And then the other thing was here. This, this actually was interesting. This climbing the tower shit here. We've seen the physicality in Casey. Can 
Cesaro escalating to this point. Yeah, willing to destroy herself a lot during this whole thing. Anyway, next we get a singles match. Austin Theory being accompanied by uh, Johnny Gargano against Leon Ruff with the finish being Theory with that jumping TKO. Do you have a name of that thing? Uh, I believe it is the ATL. Okay, cool. Afterwards, Austin beats up Ruff, and then Dexter Loomis basically comes on. What is he? Did he cut off his hair and smell it? It's, I think that's what he did. No, don't do that. Anyway, Shotzi and Ember, they wind up beating up and carrying Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae away. And then Leon Ruff, he claps his hands and collapses, pretending Gargano hit him. Was fucking, that motherfucker saved. It was such a funny sequence, though. Like, watch how... <laughs> And they come to clear the heels away, right? And Gargano's like, oh, fuck my heels. I love the way they turn around and look, watch. Why would you punch me? What's he doing? The ref does that thing, that spinning thing. Yeah, out of here. Like it's definite now. You can't stay no matter what. <laughs> Look at how rough shit's on him. This is a disgrace. What it is? And I said he's gone. <laughs> I just, you know what I love? And as funny as it is, it did make me smile. The fact that so many people are channeling Eddie now. Yeah. Just use a little Eddie shit because like it, nobody did it better than Eddie. But mm-hmm. it's funny. It's so funny and it's so cool to see people putting their own little twist on different stuff. Yeah, definitely, man. That was awesome. Like still my like still my favorite one was uh Dan Hauser in ROH when he rubbed the paint on the mic to take that extra step. <laughs> that fucking Hauser guy's weird as hell, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, cool. Boy. No, it's very, very cool. Anyway. So moving on, what the fuck? Next we get this Tian Sha shit, right? Did you see this? Tian Shaw. I... Tian Shaw. Tian Shaw. I thought I accidentally launched a Game Pass title or something like that. Did I lean on my remote? Did you see the did you see this? No. You didn't? You need to I'm see. I remember what the fuck. <laughs> they Tian gave the Shaw. origin of that Tian Shaw person sitting in the fucking chair. Look at this. Tian Shaw. Tian Shaw. I like Tian Shaw. Back in time before the dynasties exist. The land of Jin Yong was ruled by an honorable king. He had two children, an older son, and a younger daughter. Corrupted by greed, the son killed his father, the king. The son took power of the throne, ruled with an iron fist, and brought dishonor to the family. You see how he did this like a like a cutscene at the beginning of a game? The daughter, Mei Ying, lived in fear and fled into exile. In exile, Mei Ying found a dragon and asked the dragon to teach her, give her strength to restore honor to the kingdom. The dragon agreed to teach her. I hate you. You took four my... grueling trials. <laughs> Purge her fear. Replace her fear with power. Be reborn as a warrior to fear without weaknesses. The final thing he would teach her 
is to ascend to the throne. Mei Ying destroyed her brother and returned honor to her family. After succeeding, Mei Ying realized she would have to become the one thing she despised. She would have to instill fear in others. And people feared the name Tian Sha for generations to come. <laughs> I love the group shot of them at the end. So we've been asking questions for Listen weeks. To Beth. Are we Listen supposed to, Beth to believe that the person sitting in that chair is thousands of years old? Whoa, is that what you're are we supposed to believe that the person sitting in that chair is thousands of years old like that's, that's what comes out of that cutscene. <laughs> i was waiting for the fucking original xbox logo to pop up you took my gimmick though man i was thinking right after it came i was thinking that's exactly what it seemed like jade empire dlc that was my legit right. train of thought <laughs> i'll tell you we fucking think the save is terrible oh man i couldn't believe when i saw that it took me twice you know, as long he, to watch wrestling this week because no matter what I watched, I had so much shit to rewind. You realize because of that shit alone, I have to fucking buy the fucking Jade Empire now. Yeah, I can't wait to see how they're gonna incorporate that into the into that team. Motherfuckers, thousands of years old. They said that's fucking <laughs> amazing. Anyway, again, I had to check my shelf. I thought I accidentally launched the Xbox. <laughs> Oh, man. So then we finally get the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic quarterfinal match of the Lucha House Party, Grand Metallic, and Lince Dorado against Legado de Fantasmas, Joaquin Wilde, and Raul Mendoza with the finish being Legado de Fantasma going over with that. Uh, it's essentially like a kick version of the old heart attack, right? Yeah. It's all, yeah. From, from the Heart Foundation. So, yeah, that move. Uh, Finn Balor and Pete Dunn face off here with Finn Balor pr- proposing um, takeover vengeance. Um, day for the NXT championship and then out comes Edge with a surprise appearance here and uh, he talks about how in WWE a lot of the time they, they put the focus on the W but here the emphasis is on that second W or they put the focus on the E where here the focus is on that second W and that's fun and uh, this place helped him find his passion when he was gone and he teases the possibility of using his Royal Rumble win to win the NXT title or challenge for it rather so uh, yeah that was it for that Got a good appearance by Edge. Got a bit of a yeah. buzz. Didn't do much for the rating. Spoilers. But anyway. Which, um, which, which, uh, missing the ball, WWE easily could have called it St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah, I guess they just didn't work. I mean, because I mean, that takeover is on Valentine's Day, so. Yeah. The Gargano stuff makes me laugh, though. Like, he didn't want to face Kushida. He storms into Regal's office, but Kushida's there, and then he says Regal's busy. So Gargano just basically ends up just hitting him. He's like, oh, yeah, he's busy, boom. And he winds up getting his ass kicked. You know, not the smartest move. Right. Uh, you get a singles match, Tony Storm um, against Jesse Camilla with Aaliyah and Robert Stone at ringside as part of the expanding Robert Stone brand with the finish being Mercedes Martinez interference and then Io Shirai. It's almost like a sequence from the same as last week with the Io Shirai with the moonsault on two of them standing tall in the ring at the end. Uh, then you get the WWE NXT Cruiserweight title match with Santos Escobar being accompanied by Raquel Wilde and Raul Mendoza defending against Kurt Stallion with the finish being the Phantom Driver um, into Legato. And then basically... Uh, Afterwards, uh, Karrion Cross he winds up attacking the Phantasma guys, and uh, he winds up basically bitching out uh, Santos Escobar in the ring. Yeah, so it's like, the fuck are these two gonna feud? Like, I don't know. Scarlet was out there the whole time. I'm not exactly sure because it's like, wouldn't he be going for like the like a different title? Wouldn't he be going for somebody his size? Like, what? When you look at him though, he wasn't really that much bigger than Santos. That's what I've been telling you know, you about uh, that guy, man. He, he kills me. Like, you know, he's not that big. 
fucking impact the Lucha Underground cha- Lucha Underground cameras do wonders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was there too. I literally just found that shit out today. <laughs> Lovely. Another guy Everybody from there. Was in there. Holy shit. Who was the person that died there and came back to life? Phoenix. Well, actually, it happened a couple of times. Phoenix and fucking Bill Muertes, a.k.a. Julius Macias. Because the one time that I did watch some Lucha Underground, that's what I remember happening. And that's one of the things that made me realize this wasn't a company for me. One of their characters died. It must have been Phoenix because ironically, yeah, he came back as a Phoenix. Is that how we got that guy? Yeah, there was a whole there was a whole angle in in like the last season where like Phoenix got killed off via the Grave Consequences match. And they brought him back and he was like a dark Phoenix. Like <laughs> The energy wasn't there. Everything was fucking nuts. Nice. Incredible. I'm telling you, I know it's not exactly the show for you, but would you just watch the four seasons of that shit just for the laugh? Like, you see some shit on there. Like, I wish someone did a recap show for me. Oh, I'll gladly fucking do one. Are you kidding me? I'll, I'll walk it through. I'll, I'll go through the shit with you. I don't give a shit. Yo, maybe we could get those OSW guys to do a Lucha Underground thing. Oh my God. That'd be great. Yo, you, you joke. I'm dead ass. Can we get them to do that? Can you imagine? Come on, because anybody can reach out to the OSW of you guys. We want to. We want you guys to review Lucha Underground. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> It was acceptable in the Lucha. <laughs> can you imagine it? My favorite thing from them was the Lex Express. And, and also the, uh, the, the fucking uh, the room. With Tommy oh my Machado. god, dude, the ro- I still Machado. watch the room one to this day. But yeah, if we could get them to do some Lucha Underground, man, I would love for those guys to put fucking... Holy can shit, you imagine? Are you I'll Yo, hear their story of-, of what it was like rather than go through all the episodes. Some of the shit that they would have to talk <laughs> Talk about the fucking characters that are killed the, mat- the supernatural Holy things fuck. I've seen. They have to talk about fucking <laughs> Joey Ryan's gimmick and Lucha in, in the fucking Aztec Warfare match every time. I'm, I'm, I'm totally for that. But the funny thing about it is he was vastly toned down there. No dick black is Lucha Underground, believe it or not. So Edge gets confronted by Karrion Cross, Cross saying that he's going to go over, so Edge better be careful with his decision. Which is weird because he didn't, didn't he just challenge the freaking Cruiserweight champ, though? Yeah, I don't know what the fuck And he came out and went, went for Edge, who's going to for the world champ? Like, Karrion Cross doesn't know what, what feud he's in, you know? The motherfucker's just picking days he's looking for a feud. Like, you want a feud? You want a feud? But I like that Edge basically tells him that saying shit like that is going to make him interested and come back here for the title, and he doesn't think Cross will like it if he does that. He just kind of walks away. Cross doesn't dispute that fact. He shouldn't. He shouldn't. He'll take your title, man. Don't walk in. He'll take your walk. title. Don't tempt him to come over. You're a fool. You don't see that shit forever. The motherfucker will send you back to the rabbit tribe and lose your underground. Don't do that shit. You kidding me? That's the kind of guy who will live in your house while having that title. And make you shine it. <laughs> right? Finally, we get the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic quarterfinal match of Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa against the Undisputed Eras. Adam Cole and Roderick Strong finish being Ciampa, catching Roderick with Willow's Bell when he's getting back into the ring after some brawling on the outside. So it looks like Ciampa and Thatcher advance here. Yeah, I, I, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, indeed. I guess it kind of does benefit, it benefited them the fact that they were basically a brand new team because it's like, you don't know what to expect, so. And Chamba is ridiculously fast with that Willow Bell DDT. Yeah, he is. It, it, it's good. not like Orton where you get like a few seconds to gather your thoughts. It's he got you and he goes. Yeah, definitely cool. Definitely. Like I've no, I've noticed he won't even drag you all the way out like Orton, but he'll just fucking tilt you from wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. AEW brought in eight hundred forty-four thousand viewers. 
Number three in the night in the point thirty two to eighteen to forty nine demographic with NXT six hundred and ten thousand viewers with a point fifteen in the eighteen to forty nine demographic as usual doing about half in the demographic and almost three hundred thousand short. That's just the way that it is. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny, um, interesting because I know they had they had announced that Edge was going to be on NXT like maybe a day or so before. Yeah, they, I, I even know he was going to be on there. The rating when I saw the ratings come out, it maybe have an interesting thought. They obviously they obviously brought Edge to try to get that rating boost over, but I think if I'm looking at it from like somebody who watches both shows, I know Edge isn't challenging for that title. So it's kind of like I almost looked at it in the sense of some fans were thinking like, "You got to give me more than oh Edge is just showing up on NXT because I know he's not challenging for the title." So it's just like. Am I really all that excited? And then on top of that, freaking AEW brought fucking Kenta. And they didn't advertise Kenta. It's funny. One show advertised something special. The other show didn't. And then the show that didn't had something special and went over. Yeah. Yeah. There's some lesson to be learned there. Yeah. Sometimes you can't just be like, hey, this guy's going to be there. AEW had the benefit of the fact that nobody knew Kenta was going to be there. But they knew Edge was going to be there and not challenge for that title. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of... Pushed, I think that backfired on them. That kind of pushed fans away because they don't just like blindly getting teased for something that's not going to have a payoff. Yeah, I know what you mean. But we're to assume that there's always a chance. Never say never and all that shit, you know? Yeah. So we're going to, I guess we'll circle back around. We'll, we'll wrap up SmackDown and Raw before we do the poll for the Sunday's pay per view. Uh, SmackDown, Roman shows up speaking of Edge and he's pissed off that Edge did not ask permission to come to the island of relevancy before going to Raw and NXT. And he's so mad that he fucking screams, right? <laughs> that motherfucker used his dad voice. Yeah, he spoke up in his big daddy voice. Let me see if I can bring that up for you guys here. Because why not? Thought it was a funny moment. Look at how Paul sells it too. Watch this. I thought Paul selling really is what did it for me. Do I, do I look like a fool, Paul? Do I look like a man who wants to wait? Do I look like a man who wants to play games? Why would that man play games with me? Why would you play games with me? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Paul, man. Hey, go back one more time. That was wonderful. That motherfucker, that motherfucker shook up like a like a child getting lectured and your dad just hits that high note. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Why would that man play games with me? Why would you play games with me? Smackdown's on that, fire, man. That, that's Sean Heyman right there. That is a man who peed little and hopes nobody noticed. Yeah, for sure. Jay oh, Uso, also someone not medically cleared right now, in case anybody was wondering. We don't know anything else besides that. You get Dominic versus Corbin again, but Corbin takes out Rey Mysterio before the match. He's really kicking his ass, isn't he? Look at the bump that Rey takes here. Shit up. Knowing what a thorn that the Mysterio family has been in his side. Oh my goodness. Mysterio top. Oh, stage. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, his ass around, right? That sounds like that shit hurt. Mm hmm. Uh, but this ends in him getting screwed over because during the match, Ray's under the ring and he grabs Corbin's leg from under it and gets counted out. Look oh, at no. that, Corbin. Not even counted out. 
he actually got uh, caught with a 619 to the back of the head. Oh, that's right. He did. Yeah, that is right. You're right. I forgot. I forgot all about that. Good find there. Dom got him a win. About damn time. Absolutely. We get Daniel Bryan against Cesaro with the finish being Daniel Bryan actually tapping to the sharpshooter. But I do have to say this was a fucking beautiful finish. That was so fucking crazy. Yo, when's the last time Daniel Bryan tapped out? And remember, we're talking about Cesaro's new contract and stuff like that, which we're hearing a lot. A lot of stuff has changed, right? Like apparently, I don't know if it's verbal or if it's official, but I think there might be some sort of an agreement going on with them, right? That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I've been hearing a little stuff here and there about that as well. Yeah, according to Wrestling Observer Radio, I believe Melser said that uh, in Cesaro's new deal, he was told that his role is to make new stars. So, however the hell we use that, take it with a grain of salt, though it comes from Meltzer, I have no idea. Um, This was incredible, though. I thought that the the way he countered the Busaiko knee was one of the coolest looking counters that I've seen in a long time. I'm going to show you guys here, because this, wow. Brian Championships, and Brian caught! Look at that, man. Wow. And he goes straight from that into that backbreaker. And then straight from that backbreaker into the swing. And then straight from the swing into the sharpshooter for the fucking tap. That's just such a cool sequence. Up at this point, reaching for his back, which is in agony. He's disoriented. He's dizzy. He might be downright sick at this point. Now, Cesaro going to step through with the sharpshooter. That's excellent work, right? His left arm has been compromised. I mean, oh, good he did there. Apply pro- oh, there you yeah. All perfectly timed and everything, too. You know? These guys definitely get their, their fundamentals It was perfect down. because he didn't have time to recover from one move before the second one, the second one was already going. Yeah, And for the second, much. for the third, and then the third for the fourth, and then to the finish. Yeah, it just looked really good. Very refreshing. This is what I was talking about last week with Cesaro. You know, which, by the way, he got busted open. I believe it was Daniel Bryan stomps. Yeah, yeah, he got opened up pretty good. Yeah, that was something. Run solid, that man. man his damn title. And then there's a bit of a babyface turn, I would say here. The potential that Cesaro has to be one of the best on the planet. He's starting to show it here. Cesaro's been one of the best on the planet for quite some time. I think now he's beginning to believe it. Tremendous show of respect. So that was cool. Yeah. I don't know who's running shit in the back, but um, you got two choices. Run that man his world title or run him his fucking world title. That dude's been overdue for years. Bianca Belair's parents, they show a video of her of them losing and when she lost the room, her dad literally flips off of his recliner like he falls backwards from the recliner. That shit made me on the table. Um, Bailey has a match against Ruby Riot. Finish being... um. Bailey with the uh with Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> <laughs> fucking stroke, that then, low level stroke, and then Billy Kay uh at the end because she kind of fucks up the match. She kind of tries to become like a sidekick. Stasis was predicting that she's gonna be like Ariba. Oh God, I kind of hope not. But I did want to point this out, man. They nerfed Ruby Riot so badly that she hit her finish. Early in the match, the beginning of the match, she goes straight into the collar and elbow, I believe, but she hits the riot kick. Commentary no-sells, and no one goes riot kick or nothing. 
And Bailey just kicks out of it like if it was just a nonsense move. <laughs> it was like, fuck her finisher. I saw that shit and I was like, holy shit, that's early for her finisher. I was like, wait, they didn't acknowledge, they didn't even acknowledge she it. She kicked out of her finisher. They didn't even acknowledge it. Uh, the other thing that was really rough was uh, Ruby Riot takes a very nasty snake eyes. Did you see the snake eyes Bailey hit Ruby Riot with? Oh my God. Is she okay? Take a look here. I'm going to drop it here for you guys to see. No pun intended. But look at this. She catches her with like a really, she really sells. She's Shawn Michaels sells the snake eyes. They had this scouting. Okay. Oh. I appreciate you, but Mr. Cole. Look how she goes. She just launches her. From the former women's oh, Fuck. Good God. She ate every bit of that turnbuckle. Yeah, really rough. Really rough stuff. Uh, we get a segment of Bianca Belair, Sasha, and Carmella where uh, Reggie winds up getting his ass whipped. Big surprise there. Literally. Literally by uh, Bianca's hair. I was finally there and I got my ass whipped by Bianca's hair. Dun, 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 like, dun. Can, can somebody just scoop Carmella out of the scene right now? Yeah, it doesn't work. Like, like, we, 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 we got the fucking stars here. Like, scoot your ass. Like, fucking, no. They still need to put Reggie with Sasha. If you're going to keep him around, put him with at this, at this point, I just get rid of both of them. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Because they ain't, they ain't, they ain't, because they ain't, they ain't, at this point, I don't think, they could, they had an easy time to turn Reggie and didn't do it. So I'm just like, no, I'm just send them both off. <laughs> yeah. The Dirty Dogs have new music. Aren't you oh, excited? Nah. No? You don't want new music <laughs> for the Dirty Dogs? The Dirty Dogs? <laughs> It's like a fucking group. I see it fall out. You kidding me? Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway. And their opponents, they are the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Dolph Ziggler and the Two veteran dirty dogs. That sounds like default music in Impact. I gotta be honest, I gotta hear it a few more times before I could really tell you how I feel about it. Oh, God, all it took was one. They've been better off just coming out to Ziggler's music. Eh. Again, I gotta still hear it. Sometimes things work for people. Uh, you get Big E versus Apollo Crews against Sami Zayn, which obviously, by the way, the dirty dogs go over for anyone that figured they're not gonna give them new music and job out. But anyway, Big E versus Apollo Crews versus Zayn. Uh, this was a brutal match. Match of the fucking night. Oh my god. Yeah, they did some really crazy shit on here. Like Apollo Crews, namely, where he hits a fucking moonsault to the outside, a springboard moonsault to the outside here. Look at this spot. And listen to this. What an athlete now, a moonsault on the That's crazy. You could fuck your legs up like that. Could have been detrimental to Apollo. That landing. Yeah, that was something else there. Uh yeah, but other than that, awesome match. Big E goes over. Big ending. Uh, yeah, wild match. Finally, the ending is another edge tease. He comes out to confront Reigns. 
I like the way Edge basically scouts the situation and basically gets him to t- send Jay backstage. He's like, I'm already um, taking real estate in your head. And he's like, that's why he's out here. You know, he basically sends him to the back. Uh, but before they really get to establish anything, Owens comes out and hits basically Reigns with a stunner, indicating that that feud is going to continue. And he's going to run it at least, uh, at least until Elimination Chamber. That being said, SmackDown did 2.126 million viewers, 0. 0.6 in the 18 to 49 demographic, with a bit of a drop from last week. Not too bit, bit much of a drop. Uh, moving on to Raw, they bring in from last week 1.889 million viewers, with uh, yeah, 1.819 million viewers. Now they open here with the announcement of the Elimination Chamber. As if they really need to announce it because we have been talking since we started the show and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about how one of our issues with the Royal Rumble is that unlike in the 90s and during the era that we grew up in, now in this new era, the Elimination Chamber is not just a match, it's its own pay-per-view and it comes after the Royal Rumble. The problem with that is that sure, whoever runs the Royal Rumble, you know that they're guaranteed to go to WrestleMania, but you don't even know who they're going to face. That kind of obscures things a little bit. Like, say, for example, with Edge. Edge had to decide who he's going to face. What if he would have decided tonight he faces Drew McIntyre, Drew goes into the Elimination Chamber, and Randy Orton goes over? It's very possible. There's six people in the chamber. You don't choose who comes through what door first. You don't choose who's going to be there. Two guys could go up against. You could get pinned in that. Think about the times you've seen that happen, that the champion midway through that shit is gone. Now you know no matter what, you're leaving there with somebody else who's leaving through one of those pods as a fucking champion. That's exciting on one hand, but on the other hand, you can no longer build WrestleMania because no matter what, we know Edge is going up against either Roman Reigns or whoever wins the Elimination Chamber. You see what I mean? It puts another obstacle there. So you can't really build for WrestleMania until after two weeks from now because then two weeks from now, it's written in stone provided the person doesn't challenge randomly on like a Raw SmackDown, which is abnormal. I always kind of thought that somehow, some way, McIntyre would eventually lose it to Randy Orton and then Edge would compete for it. I'm not so sure anymore after tonight, but I always figured somehow they were going to try to get it back to Orton because McIntyre versus Edge has no, no heat behind it. Yeah, but I mean, the fact that he's gone through all three champions, you get because it seems like we, we, we clearly see that they're trying to give us Drew versus Sheamus for whatever fucking reason. All the while, they've planted every seed in the book for Edge and Roman. Maybe just trying to have multiple backups with the way the world is nowadays, you know? Yeah. And then it's like, when I look at the whole possibility of Orton, I'm I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of these Randy Orton transitional world title runs just to get it on on somebody else. Like, Orton doesn't like, Orton doesn't like reign as champion anymore. He just borrows it until the next guy's there. Like, like it, it takes it out of me when, if I see Orton win in the chamber and then Edge challenges because then I'm just like, okay, so we just had Randy Orton win just so Edge could pin him specifically. Well, I think they need to leave WrestleMania with Edge as champion, so it'd be better for it to be Yeah, I mean, either way, but it's like, at least give me like an original way to get there. I guess. We'll have to see what they decide they're going to do here. But yeah, we knew this was coming because we talked about how, yeah, even though the Rumble, this is exactly what we said was going to happen after the Rumble the Monday after where they're going to do that. Now, Uh now on the other hand, when I look at it, the only time I could ever see this working, the only time I could ever see having a world champion defend the title on a pay-per-view before then, is if you have the Rumble winner pick 
right that that first Raw or SmackDown after, and then it's the other title he didn't pick. Because then at least you can kind of just map that one out whenever, and you already have one. You already have basically the the main event of WrestleMania locked down. Yeah, they should have had that happen. Like Ed should have had to pick tonight, and then that leaves the elimination chamber open to whatever. But they want to do it that way, you know. Which uh, I don't know. It's weird, but that's what they wanted to do. Yeah, it's a. Uh, we're gonna see what happens. Yeah, are you excited for it, though? I mean, I'm always excited about the chamber. It's one of my favorite uh, match types. I've seen virtually every single one of them. So yeah, and I mean, this is uh, an interesting little chamber they have matchup because everybody, all of McIntyre's opponents are former world champions. Hmm. And some of them who have been in the chamber before. In fact, I think in fact, actually, I think Drew's the only one who hasn't been in the chamber before. Yeah, well, do you see Edge leaving with a championship at Mania, no matter what championship it is? At this point, they have to have that happen. It doesn't matter who, whose title it is, whether it's Roman or it's Drew, or whoever or whoever survived that WWE Championship Elimination Chamber. I feel like you can't end this whole thing without Edge walking walking away with that title. Okay. Well, the other stuff in this Raw, not really too relevant, but Edge taps out Jeff Hardy in a match. New Day hits uh, Daybreak on Flapjack. Ric Flair shows up with Lacey Evans and has a promo, a heel promo about how he doesn't want to be irrelevant just because Charlotte is a star. Uh, This leads to them trying to get Charlotte to join the dark side with them, but instead it becomes a match because Charlotte basically announces that if she wins a match against Lacey, she gets to... Uh, well, Lacey rather than Oscar. Yeah, as Lacey right. beats uh, Charlotte, she, she gets, gets Oscar. Uh, and Charlotte gets herself DQ'd. Basically, which was weird because it was a fast DQ. The guy didn't count the five or anything. She was beating her up on the rope, but they threw it out way too fast. That's kind of dumb. Uh, once again, we get an Edge promo. Big surprise here. On this day, he sees clearly. Every day, he sees clearly. Um, Miz and Morrison interrupt this one, but then he gives a passionate promo about how he needs to win this, and uh, that pretty much ends that. Damien Priest winds up going over Andrew Garza. He's also accompanied by Bad Bunny, who's not part of the gimmick forever. Uh, Keith Lee goes over Matt Riddle. But then Bobby Lashley interferes with a one-handed powerbomb on Keith Lee. Then they do the hurt lock on Riddle. They do the whole hurt business thing there. Which Uh, will now be turned into a three-way Elimination Chamber. Riddle, Lee, and Lashley for the title. mm -hmm. Uh, Nia winds up beating the hell out of Lana in a match, swinging her around in a stretch muffler, essentially. Uh, but yeah, Lana actually a table match, up, actually. Yeah, and Lana actually winds up winning by putting Nia through a table to set up in the corner when she winds up essentially breaking her ass on a, on an avoided leg drop. But did you catch what she said? When my she hole! That? that bitch said, my hole! And I was like, oh, God. Like, of all the things. Which one? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, he made it worse. <laughs> Oh, God. You gotta be more specific, sweetheart. <laughs> anyway. No, we ain't gonna speed past that shit. What the fuck? <laughs> you, see, you see how you're just trying to speed past that shit like this? <laughs> My hole. And then just to make that team look like more shit, Naomi then goes over Shayna with a fucking inside cradle. <laughs> Man, I remember the days when Shane was NXT champion. She cleaned out the whole fucking locker room twice. I don't know what happened. Oh, I remember now they brought her up to fucking Raw. Oh, man. What else was the rest of this Raw? Was that Randy Orton versus Edge? Is that the last thing? Yeah, it was uh, Randy Orton versus Drew. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Randy Orton versus uh versus Drew. <laughs> yeah, was, uh, Sheamus gets him disqualified, and then Sheamus, like the fucking heel he is, catches a, bro- catches a fucking Claymore, and they go home. All those childhood pictures they showed earlier in the in the match, 
to try to get you with the feels. They were kids oh, growing God. up, mate. Yeah. Anyway, that brings us to our the final part before we wrap up here, which is the pay per view this upcoming Sunday, Vengeance on Valentine's Day. Yep. NXT take the first takeover twenty twenty one. Yeah, we got the bot that's gonna spit that out for you guys right here. So there is the link. As usual, these takeovers are very short cards, but they are chaotic. Uh-huh. Can I bring it up on the screen? I'll have to do the, uh, give me a minute here. There we go. <laughs> One second. I'm going to throw this up for you guys. Witching it over. Vengeance. Okay. So now, we still have to have the Dusty Rhodes uh, Classics Finals this upcoming Wednesday. But the four possible teams that can win depending on what happens this Wednesday. Leaves MSK, Grizzled Young Veterans, Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa, and Legado del Fantasma. So that completely depends on who wins first Wednesday, right? Yeah, because we're going to have MSK versus Legado del Fantasma and Thatcher and Ciampa versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. What do you think is going to happen here? Ooh, this is a tough one. So first off, I think... MSK and Grizzled Young Veterans are going to make it into the finals because, I mean, MSK, a fresh new team in NXT, they're definitely using this Dusty Classic to push them. And, I mean, the Grizzled Young Veterans, they're the first ever NXT UK tag team champions. They held those tag titles forever and a day. And it looks like they've been setting them up to get those NXT tag team championships at some point in the near future. Now, with that being said, I think it's going to be MSK. Because that would be a really good team to feud with uh, Lorcan and Birch for those tag titles. Are they going to win the tag titles? I don't know. But it would be quite the feather in the cap for these guys, an uh, extremely talented tag team, to kick the front door in and win the Dusty Classic. I don't know if I know them well enough or if the company knows them well enough to put that on them so quick. Like they just got here. You know, and the Grizzly Young Veterans, I don't feel like they've really been that over aside from outside in the UK. Um, Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa is an intriguing team, and so is Legado de Fantasma. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. This one's a tough it's, one. It's, yeah, it's really hard to pick. Now, the one thing, I, the one thing that would intrigue me about Thatcher and uh, Ciampa winning is it would kind of give almost a feel back to the first Dusty Classic. Because I don't know if you remember, there were no set tag teams in that first one. It was all thrown together teams. But wasn't Ciampa and Gargano in there? Um, not the first one. I think they were... Well, that was the first time they had put them together. Yeah, but they were together in the fucking indies. Like, they yeah, were, they were know, Tommaso you know, Ciampa and Gargano and, like, PWG and shit before there was an NXT. That counts as putting them together, you know? Yeah. But you know how they are. They like to be like, it's the first time they did it. You know, you know how they are. Keep shit in their little bubble. But, um... I guess because I look at it like the fact that the first Dusty Classic uh, winners were a thrown together team in Balor and Joe. And they had the advantage, of course. Nobody's ever seen them team together. I think if it's not MSK for me, it, it would probably be Thatcher and Champa. I think I'm going to go with Thatcher and Champa too because the only ones that really make any sense. Yeah, it just. It, it, the only, I, I guess the only thing with MSK is I just wonder if they're going to just shoot those guys to the moon because they've been known to do stuff like that. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm have to see what they're gonna do with those guys. Everyone here's still kind of fresh. Yeah. Uh, next is the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals. Ta- same situation, depending on what happens Wednesday, will determine these three teams, right? Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell, and Dakota Khan, Raquel Gonzalez. Yep, Kai and Gonzalez are already in via their win last week, so now it's just 
a matter of either the way or a uh, moon and blackheart i think that the way would be the one that's going to come down to candace lorraine andy hardwell against dakota kai and raquel gonzalez yeah even though it's all heels there yeah but and and then with that being said i think it's going to be kai and gonzalez because gonzalez is a freak of nature and i haven't seen enough of indy to really know if she could deal with that situation like candace we know candace can handle that all day long but it's like how would indy deal with that kind of pressure you know exactly exactly and on the fact that freaking dakota has this fucking amazon on her team like it's just but I kind of feel like Candace and Indy have momentum too in that in that whole the way team, you know. Yeah, but the only, the only ones who don't have any momentum are Ember and Shotzi. That would be stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would just be out of left field. But um, I feel like the only reason they even give that would be more for Shotzi than Ember. But but then my only problem with Candace is it seems to be this running theme of like when Candace gets close to something, it's just like she trips at the finish line in NXT. I don't know what keeps happening. Why what? Why would Candace? Why, why would Ember and Shotzi be stupid? Because they're they're, they're they're the only, they're really, they're not like an established tag team. Not only are they not an established tag team, they're just unorthodox. You know, Ember's not really even Ember's so I hate to say, it, but she's out of shape, man. She doesn't look really good right now. I wouldn't. I I need her to adjust a lot of different things to be in that position. Just being straight with you, compared to what the other girls are offering. Yeah, and like I said, given given something to Shotzi isn't really enough for me on that. Like, it's just, it is that that team feels like it was more to give Ember something to do over than Shotzi. Cause, I mean, Shotzi's been in the mix when it comes with a lot of stuff, so it's not like she's craving for something to do on TV. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. they seem like they're they're just a freaking team that was thrown together, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. then again, it's kind of thing. It's almost kind of funny that it had to revert back to last year. It's not like we haven't seen a thrown together team win this thing. That's the funny part. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Candace and Indy. Okay. Let's look at the NXT Women's Triple Threat Championship match. Io Shirai, Tony Storm, Mercedes Martinez. I mean, I'm going to just go ahead and say I see Io Shirai retaining here. I don't really think either one of those girls is going to get it. So I could see Io retaining. But if EO doesn't retain, I say Tony's going to get it. Because, I mean, Tony, the former NXT UK Women's Champion, she's gone to war with quite a few of these girls down in NXT. So it's not like she's not unfamiliar with them. So it could be her night. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the other girl, obviously, Tony makes the second most sense. But yeah, this still the Mercedes furthest. just got back, so it's like. But I think the Tony is really far from reality too. Both of them, to me, are a little bit too far from reality right now for that to be either one. I think it has to be EO. Um, NXT North American Championship: Johnny Gargano against Kushida. Ooh, this one's tough. All of these ones are tough. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go Kushida. Yeah, you think the same thing from Gargano? Something about this Kushida. It's a different one than what I've seen before. Unless Johnny pulls a rabbit out of his hat, I could see Kushida taking that North American championship. And he's been white hot since he's come back. I can't remember the last time he's actually lost a match. Yeah, you have a point there. He definitely could use And Johnny, unfortunately, just doesn't have a good history of his championships in NXT. Like, this is his best run as a champion so far. No, you make some points. You make some points. I'm going to go with you on the Kushida one. There's an upset here. The Gargano curse and all that. Then that should be it. 
Oh, no, no. How did I forget? We got the NXT World Championship. Finn Balor against against Pete Dunne. I think think this one's going with the Bruiserweight because he's still aligned with uh, Lorcan and Birch, who are still tag champions. Not only is this the former UK champion, probably one of the, at the time, the most dominant champion in the whole freaking company, but it's like it's a guy who's been extremely close to being an NXT champion on a couple of different occasions. And it's like Balor barely made it past Kyle O'Reilly the first time they fought. Pete Dunne is a special kind of physicality. I don't know if Finn's built to get past something like that. Mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I told you, Finn Balor, NXT title ones have always been dry to me. This one really no different. <laughs> uh, I mean, this one's been better than the last one for sure. Like, a little bit. But yeah, I think that Pete Dunne, it's about time to have him with the championship. Yeah. I mean, he, that guy, he, like, he's the reason NXT UK exists. Because they had to find a whole new roster of people for him to beat up. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility for this guy to, to start running NXT. I'm with you right there. I'm right there with you. All right. Well, that's it, guys. Put your votes in if you're seeing this on demand. By the time you see this, the website should have everything that you need. I'm going to be done here. The website should have everything that you need to get this done. Just hit that finish button, and that should take care of everything for you. All right. Don't forget, this Sunday, we will be in the chat room during the show. And, of course, immediately when it ends, there will be a post show. If there's a kickoff or a pre-show, we'll be in there during the pre-show. As usual, we'll have pizza, do whatever we do, talk in the chat, interact with all of you, uh, followed by the post show. So that'll be a lot of fun. And of course, you don't even have to question about the schedule. Just check this channel nightly. We usually have some sort of content. Stasis and myself run this channel the other six days of the week, releasing all kinds of gaming content. We have a whole bunch of stuff planned. So if you're into non-wrestling related stuff, check us out on uh, preferably, probably Facebook, but you can also check us on Twitch. But we are uh, now part of the Level Up program on Facebook. Uh, so looking forward to participating with you all there. That being said, thank you to everyone that hung out with us for the entire nocturnal evening. All of our regular people in the chat room like Stasis, Dreams, and Six Slayer, and George Z, Bloodluster, uh, EB Gamer... Everyone from that little genre over there, as well as our new followers over on Facebook, Brandon Woodson and Ermin J. Kranzberg and Live, Laugh, Love Harris and Adam Burgess and Sylvia Kumar and Marvell and Sadiq and Rabib and Atta and Farhan and Chose and Dante and uh, all of you, Letter Flux, also in Charm, Luke John. Of course, all of you that are listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio podcast attic and of course twitch and facebook all of our platforms don't forget to tune in this sunday for nxt takeover vengeance day ladies and gentlemen you have been listening to talk bunch live episode 436 hosted by yours truly rick dara aka captain brunch for myself and destin soul glow frazier we're out of here and back to hate for you. Take over. Shut it down.